What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joel Dells. And this is now episode 139. In this episode, we are going to give our Pro Bowl snubs, talk about which teams are contenders or pretenders. If the Jets or Giants have a brighter future, who the Jaguars next head coach should be and more. A quick Patreon shout out to Matthew Jimenez, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Mario, Langston, Jazzy, Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Brian, Ricky, E. Enzo, Sean Solis, Sean Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Court Cousins, Ben Mack, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, Dave to Freedom, and Jay Aqua. Nope. Not happening. I gotta be more active in the Discord, man. Search hit me lit. up. Yeah, search hit me up. Like I was on it like one night and search is like, bro, you gotta be more active. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna be. That was like a month ago and I just haven't. He's Sir- checking you, bro. I know, I've been folding. You. I've been folding. That's I got right. to. Serge's the most active person in this Discord. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Serge is the most active pick aside fan there is. That yeah. being said, he's mad funny about it because he gave me a bunch of bunch of garbage for, for saying good old Jay Aqua. He's like, yo, petition to have Drew stop saying good old Jay Aqua. <laughs> And he, he's been messaging me like two, three times now. Just say good old Serge, Serge Hernandez. I'm blanking on his last name. Good old Serge. And I'm just like, come on, bro. You think I'm yeah. going to do that after you violated? He's not even a part of the Patreon. Yeah, facts. Oh, he nah, got to be a part of the Patreon. He's an honorable member, though. Yeah, yeah he, he is. is. He, he is. is. He is. He is. He's a valley whoop because I know. No doubt. Sure. No doubt. He's our number one fan, I think. He definitely. He's definitely number definitely. one fan. Yeah. yeah. It's all love. Before the podcast, we were talking a bit. I can't believe you guys have never seen Naruto. No, never. Not I've once. heard a bunch, like, obviously, like, the Nine Tail Saga, all that. Uh, no, I'm not into anime at all. You're not into anime? No, I haven't That's a seen fold. a single That's a fold. Show, your first episode, one, your first what, one what should, should be, be Death Note. Death Note? Yes. I have heard Death good things Note about that. Amazing. That's on Netflix? Yes. Or, yeah, it is on Netflix. Okay. But okay. Uh, watch it on Hulu. Because, like, I think the Netflix, I don't know if it's just the movie but on Hulu, it has the dubbed and subbed, and it's every single episode. Dub and sub. So subtitles for it being in... Oh, it's in I, Japanese I, or something? Japanese or Korean. I'm not sure which one. You could watch it in English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the proper way to watch it, though? I would probably watch it. You could watch it. You could watch it dubbed, but like the proper way to watch it is sub. Okay. Can we put that in English? That's the dub version. English subtitles. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sub, yeah. Sub, 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 sub is Japanese, but English, English subtitles, dub is... They're, they're speaking in yeah, English. Yeah, I'm not into the anime culture at all. Yeah. I'm not too into it. Nah, but Death Note is fire. Yeah, yeah the anime culture, fire. if you if you like dub over sub, you're like considered a casual. It's, it's a, like okay. it's a a casual mystery. equivalent in, in like basketball. It's, it's one, one season, but like oh, nice, 20 nice. some episodes. Okay. It's that's, amazing. Yeah, that's not a huge commitment. No. I can get down for that. Naruto, though, is amazing. I know. Yeah, People out there that are listening, if yo, I'm right now. I've been watching a book because I've basically finished the series. I'm on like where they're facing Madara and stuff like that. Which is like, don't epi- spoil, which bro. is like, yeah. you spoil, I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil. That's like episode like four hundred something. Oh so God. I'm already, I'm very deep into it. How many episodes are there? I think there's like five hundred or six hundred. Do you know the voice They're of Naruto? twenty minutes? Yeah, twenty three minutes. I'm, I'm pretty positive of this. The voice of Naruto is a woman. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know that. She does a lot of voices actually. But Naruto ended, but they have Boruto, which is he's Naruto's son, and they have a whole new series dedicated to him and. 
it's like all the guy, all the people that you know are older and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've been learning more about Itachi and I'm um, diving into his story. Man, it's messed up, man. It's just the storylines, how everything connects together is so amazing, bro. It's so amazing. I know. I need to finish that. I need to finish Dragon Ball Z. We have to uh, get back up with power, bro. I've bro, heard I've heard some folding. crazy things. Like this season apparently good. is supposed to be fantastic. Yeah, I know. We, we didn't haven't, finish Raising Kanan no. either. I, f- I watched the first season of uh, Ghost, but I haven't watched any of the second season. But that's not as bad because I think they're only a few episodes in. First I saw season a couple of spoilers really already for season two. Ooh, not, nothing crazy, but like enough to be like, I wish I didn't see that. I really you know? never know how people get spoiled or things spoiled for them with shows. I never like I'm on Twitter as much as the next person. Yeah. I never see anything. I'm on TikTok just as much as the next where, person. Low key, it might have been like Herb or something put on a story. Oh, that's foul. Like, yeah, your own. Something. Really my own. Damn, bro. bro. But I'm folding. I haven't been keeping up at Facts. all. It's such a good show. Facts. This week in the NFL, they announced the Pro Bowl rosters. Yep. And... I'm a first name the NFC side of things. Okay. And tell me who do you think was snubbed from the NFC side of things? Because we're gonna talk about who's snubbed. We're not gonna talk react to the roster itself. NFC side, the offense, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, fullback Kyle Ushek, wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, tight end, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts. Tackle, Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, Tristan Wirfs, at guard, Ali Marpet, Zach Martin, Brandon Scherf, who's going to be a future Jet, and at center, <laughs> Ryan Jensen and Jason Kelsey. On the offensive side, who was snubbed in the NFC? Easily Matthew Stafford. Uh, number two in total touchdowns, number three in yards. It's inexcusable that he didn't make the, the Pro Bowl. But the guys you listed, they're all solid names, obviously. Tom Brady, who is it? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray. You could make the argument over Kyler Murray, but yeah. fans absolutely love Kyler Murray. Me being one of them, Kyler Murray's one of he my favorite players. He should have been over Kyler Murray. He should have. He missed too much time for him to be, uh, well, to make the roster. I know he's not the starter. I'm assuming Tom Brady is the starter. Yeah. Have they announced the alternatives? I, saw, yeah, I think, I think they, they did. did. They yeah. announced some. Because yeah. I saw a couple of Jets were on. I was going to say, uh, Simmons and Sertan were both. Yeah. Sertan, yeah. I saw that, too. He could have arguably gone. Simmons should have gotten the nod. Yeah. Not but sure. reg- we're going to talk about that in the AFC. But Stafford's been excellent this season. And regardless of how you want to look at it, his team is tied for number one in the division. He has the numbers for it as well. And Kyler has missed time, so easily. He yeah, I agree. Stafford definitely should have been on there. Um, Kyler, if Kyler would have stayed healthy, then it's really no argument. He was having arguably being the best quarterback in the NFL pre-injury. Since he's come back, he's kind of come back down to earth, especially completion percentage-wise. I don't know if he's 100% healthy. I mean, we've said it the same thing. Last year happened. This is two years in a row where Kyler, amazing first half of the season, gets banged up. Second half, it really hasn't been the same. Um, I mean, when you just look at the per game, because you obviously can't take the totality of the stats because of all the missed games, but Matt Stafford has more completions per game, yards per game, touchdowns per game, and less interceptions per game with a higher quarterback rating. So, I mean... Just in terms of statistics, he just beat Kyler. I know that's not going to go into it. And it's a fan vote, so it's really hard to really say. I think you know, it's like, one-third of the vote is fan vote. Oh, really? I yes. thought it was primarily fan. It was No, one-third of the vote okay. counts, counts as fan vote. Did uh, Did you say Cordell Patterson made it? No, I thought he, he was didn't. Left he did. home, that, right? was, that, that was, was my... James that was Connor. Name. James yes, Connor made it. That was the name well, I was going to bring Kamara, up. Like, uh, I'll give James Connor because James well, Connor's number two in touchdowns this yeah. year. So I'm fine with James Connor because he had the production. Alvin missed four games. Cordell is, the. I think he's the fifth... Fifth and scrimmage Fifth highest total for combined rushing and receiving. That's inexcusable. And that offense, like, what would that offense be without Cordell Patterson? And you mentioned Kyle Pitts, who's having, like, for a tight end, rookie tight ends, like, we've known year after year, they really don't come in and dominate. It's really that third year where tight ends usually take off. 
I'm expecting a, a much better year, year two, just because of the athlete, you know, fourth overall pick. He Kyle Pitts is a very special type of tight end. But even him seeing that, but you look at the rest of the landscape, like who should get in? Dalton Schultz? No. Like Kyle Pitts deserved it. Hawkinson, I know. Hawkinson's yeah, been pretty solid. Only other saying, person is Dallas Goddard, bro. And even still, he's come on later in the season after Ertz got traded. Kyle Pitts is, is at 800-plus yards right now. He can get 1,000 as yeah. a rookie. I know. And it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like Kyle Pitts is coming and dominating. Like Cordell Patterson, who's been a journeyman for 10 years, is the focal point of this offense. Not saying that Kyle Pitts should be as a rookie, but I was expecting just a little bit more. He hasn't got the touchdowns. He has one touchdown all season. I expect that to, um, you know, to change next year. On the offensive side, I agree with you guys. I think Stafford and Cordero Patterson were, were definitely snubbed from the Pro Bowl. I would remove James Conner, though, not Kamara. I know that James Conner has the touchdowns. He looks so good this he year. He looks amazing, he receiving looks really and good. rushing the football. I know he has the touchdowns, but I don't know, man. I can't I can't take out Kamara. But I can't. I'm, I understand the logic between it. He's missed four games. That alone should just take you out of the conversation. Didn't, and Matthew Stafford... Kyler? Again, but I, I'm keeping consistent with it, too. Yeah, okay. That's fair. And Matthew Stafford over Kyler for me. Now on defense, Nick Bosa, Cameron Jordan, Brian Burns, defensive ends, defensive tackle, Aaron Donald, Kenny Clark, Jonathan Allen, outside linebackers, Shaquille Barrett, Chandler Jones, Robert Quinn, inside linebackers, Michael Parsons, Bobby Wagner, and corners, Trayvon Diggs, Marshawn Lattimore, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Slay, and at free safety, Quadri Diggs. Now on Twitter, there, w- there was a big deal made out of AJ Terrell not yeah, making a that's, pro. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest one. But year. my question is, who are you taking out for AJ Terrell? I've heard Trayvon Diggs. You can't take out the no. guy who has ten interceptions, ten plus interceptions this season. You can't take him out. No. So AJ Terrell can't go over him. You can't take out Jalen Ramsey Hell either. No. Hell no. Marshawn Lattimore has been damn good yeah, this year. Amazing. I don't know if I could take him out for Terrell. It's between Him Darius Slay and, and yep. AJ Terrell. Yeah. And I think Darius Slay has made more game changing plays than AJ Terrell Big play in terms of intercepting the ball because how many interceptions does A.J. Terrell have on the season? The one big one that comes out was against Denver. That yeah, ridiculous it was a fumble I want to yeah, say though. Right? Yeah. It was an interception but still he that was one of the most impressive plays we've seen all season. I think the biggest name that sticks out that didn't make it was Devontae Campbell though. I mean he's arguably the best linebacker inside linebacker in the league this year and he somehow didn't um, didn't make the Pro Bowl roster. Um, you know, a lot of these, though, it's just like we said, one third is the fan vote. So a lot of it's just going to be, you know, what names do you know more than like the actual play on the field? That's fast. especially for defense where, you know, offense, it's a lot easier to look at yards, touchdowns. It's a lot easier on offense to see if a receiver is good compared to a linebacker or if a corner is good. So that's just another thing you have to take into when you're looking at these Pro Bowl votes. A.G. Terrell has two interceptions on a year. Slay has three. He has nine passes defended. Terrell has 14. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So it's close. Yeah. It it's close. If someone was going to be left out from the cornerback group in the NFC, it's Darius Slay for AJ Terrell. People saying Trayvon Diggs is so disrespectful. Yeah, it is. Trayvon Diggs is, is doing something historic right now. That 10 interceptions be is nuts. Yeah. yeah. The, the record's 14. Uh, is it Nitrate? Yes. Yeah. 14. I think Trayvon has ways. 11. No, he has 10. He has 10. He has 10. Flat. Yeah, the 10th against uh, the Giants last week. Yeah. yeah facts. Wow. That, that, that is amazing. For me, <laughs> I didn't hate the defensive list other than AJ Terrell. Tr- I, I hated some of it. Yeah? I, I think, yeah, I, I think thought Campbell was a huge fact. That's a fact. Here are my snubs on the defensive side. I think Marcus Davenport should have gotten in over Brian Burns. I okay. think Marcus Davenport has been playing better than Brian Burns all season. I think Rashawn Gary should have gotten in over Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, I know he's a fine defensive player, but Rashawn Gary 
in the absence of Zadarius Smith has really stepped up this year. And Devondre Campbell, like you mentioned, Michael Parsons deserved it. Bobby yeah. Wagner, he's having a fantastic year. But Bobby Wagner got in because of name brand recognition. He's not having a better year than Devondre Campbell this year. Devondre Campbell has been a top three linebacker this season. And another guy that, you know, I think was snubbed was AJ Terrell. And that's probably it. I I was trying to think of a safety because Quadre Diggs, I know he's a good player, but I don't, when I watch Quadre Diggs play, I don't really look at a Pro Bowl player. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what other free safeties were in the NFC that he got in at free safety. I really don't watch much Seahawks football other than I just saw him get an interception against it, Matthew it, Stafford. It definitely wasn't Jamal. I'll tell yeah. you that. Oh, you no. already know J- that. No, facts though. But Jamal's <laughs> strong. He's free. Yeah, that's true. He's he's, mm-hmm. he's a linebacker. Yeah. Let's be honest. Who uh, Jamal? Yeah, yeah definitely. You know. So you got no other subs for the NFC. No. So on to the AFC. I didn't hate it honestly. Offense: Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Patrick Ricard, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Orlando Brown, Deion Dawkins, Rashawn Slater, Joel Batonio, Quentin Nelson, Wyatt Teller, Ryan Kelly, and Corey Lindsley. Who was snubbed on the offensive side? I think one of the biggest ones receiver was Deontay. I thought Deontay, I thought Deontay should have got in probably over Keenan. He has six less receptions than Keenan, but he has more yards, more touchdowns, more more yards after the catch. He's actually eighth in the NFL in yards after the catch. And he also has six broken tackles, which is honestly kind of surprised me. I always thought as Deontay is more of a speed guy, but he showed that he's, you know, we think of the first person that comes to mind is A.J. Brown in terms of like toughness after the catch. And Keenan Allen only has one broken tackle on the season, which surprised me. Stephon um, Diggs has better stats than... Keenan Allen? No, he does. Uh, he has more touchdowns. He doesn't have more yards, but he has yeah. more yards per reception. The guy that I would have taken out, I would have taken out Stephon Diggs for Deontay Johnson. Okay, and I, I feel like Keenan, Keenan, Keenan actually, also has six drops, which is like top ten in the league. You know, I, we we know for him being sure-handed, and that's really regressed this so season. Deontay has one more target, but Keenan Allen has six more receptions. Deontay has more yards, and more yards per reception. His longest reception is longer, but that's really irrelevant. Has one more touchdown. Yeah. It's really close, but you're not too far off with That's Diggs. True. Yeah. Diggs, he has four more catches. He has, uh, quick maths, seven more targets. Uh, he has more yards than he does. Okay. Uh, uh, Stephon Diggs' yards per uh, yards per reception is point three higher than Deontay's, and he has two more touchdowns Keenan than Keenan also Deontay. really came along since the bye week Keenan, because earlier in the year, he was not playing that well. Yeah. Mike Williams was the focal point yeah, in that passing true. offense, and Deontay's been really consistent all year. The two guys that were snubbed from the AFC Pro Bowl, Joe Burrow. He should have been over Lamar Jackson. For sure. I know that Lamar Jackson carries the Ravens, but Joe Burrow has been better this year than Lamar. It it is what it is. And Jeffrey Simmons. I'm looking at the list right here. Chris Jones, I think, has been better than Jeffrey Simmons, even though he's missed some time. Cameron Hayward as well. DeForest Buckner has not been better than Jeffrey Simmons this year. Not at all. Jeffrey Simmons should have been in the Pro Bowl over DeForest Buckner. Those are my two snubs right there. The one thing I would say is Burrow has 14 interceptions. That's the one yeah. thing. He leads the league in interceptions. That's the one thing that holds me back because Lamar hasn't had a good statistical season. And even the second half of the year, it seems like he has regressed. Now he has this ankle injury. Um, so th- that's the only thing I pushed back on. But the one we didn't mention was Austin Eckler as well. There we go. I thought he could probably get in over Joe Mixon. 
He has um more he's sixth in total scrimmage yards, fourth in rushing touchdowns, second in total touchdowns just behind Jonathan Taylor. The only thing Mixon has in him is just more rushing yards, which is expected. Mixon is the workhorse back who's gonna get 20, 25 touches each week, so it doesn't surprise me. Um, I was going to say for Joe Burrow, I wish we could uh keep track of how many interceptions were tip passes, because the one that sticks out crystal clear to me is the one That's that he true. has over the top yep. to uh to Jamar, excuse me, has a touchdown. But instead, Jamar fumbles it, goes into the defender's hands. Yeah. And then Austin Eckler, 100%, I agree. Uh, Joe Mixon's having a great season, and it was a matter of time until he got his respect. But Austin Eckler has been doing everything for the Chargers this season. Man, I like Austin Eckler a lot. I'm not sure if I could put him over Joe Mixon, though. That's that's a tough call for me. They're both great. Nick I Chubb, mean, but you can't. Jonathan Taylor, is no, like yeah. he's the best player in football for skill positions this season. But Nick Chubb, how many games has he missed? I think he's a only couple. missed two. Yeah. I think he's only missed two. But the last few games, he's been struggling, really. And Dearness Johnson, he, he came in week. and had a fantastic I mean, that, game. That line is solid. Yeah, Anyone great. who's going to rush behind that line is going to be great. However, when he's when he's the back, when, excuse me, when Nick Chubb is back there, he's the best player on the team. I, wish. I, I gave one of my defensive subs already, so I'll just talk about the defense real quick. Defensive side, Miles Garrett, Trey Hendrickson made it. DeForest Buckner, Cameron Hayward, and Chris Jones Joey Bosa, Matt Judon, TJ Watt, Darius Leonard, Denzel Perriman, Xavier Howard, JC Jackson, Kenny Moore, Denzel Ward, Kevin Byer, Derwin James, and Tyron Matthew. Solid list. I'll tell you what, the only ones I have an issue with, Justin Simmons not making it hurts me. Facts. Kevin Byer has been great this season. I just think Justin Simmons is... He hasn't been better. Kevin Byard's been better. Byard's been great. Byard has been better. But it's they not like Simmons has been, been a slouch. That being said, I had obviously Justin Simmons as my guy. He has more sacks than DeForest Buckner, more tackles than DeForest Buckner. I feel like he, right now, is probably the third best. Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, excuse Simmons. me. What did I say, Isaiah? Justin. Excuse me. Oh, Justin? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just talking about my guy. That being said, <laughs> he's been spectacular this year. Maybe I thought, I'm thinking that he might have gotten the nod. And Pat Sertan. Pat Sertan has been locked up to the point where uh, Justin says that he completely leaves that side of the field just for him. He has no doubt that he's going to lock that side up. It would have been tough to to get rid of some guys. However, you could make the debate that Denzel Ward should not have made it over. I was going to say 10. Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore has been solid this season. Yeah, he has, he's a, been solid. He has a, lot a lot of interceptions too. He has he has as many tackles as he's had last season already. This season he, he has, has a lot four of interceptions. Yeah. He's been good, but Sertan has been great as well. Woozie should have probably got a nod. Probably. Uh, He's been been really good. He has been really good. I just don't know if I'm giving him... Maybe Denzel Ward, he has the name value. But I don't know if he gets gets the nod for for corner over Sertan or even... A woozie for they that might matter. just give Sertan, like, do it another year type of thing. You know, he's a rookie. I don't know if they just want to put him on that first year. Because what the only rookie, Micah Parsons, is that it? Jamar, Jamar Chase, Chase, obviously, facts. yeah. But those two, I yeah. think those are the only two rookies Rashawn that we've Slater. said. Slater. Okay, so there's been a few. That's fair. Creed Humphrey should have been in. That was yeah. another snub. Yeah. Yep. Creed Humphrey was Creed definitely snubbed. What were the O-line for? Ryan Kelly and Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley, yeah. I'm fine with. Ryan, Ryan Kelly's Ryan another beast. Yeah. Adam, it's hard. I know that is tough. I would probably put Creed Humphrey over. They probably have Ryan a Kelly right now, though. You know the guys who are veterans been in the league longer over the rookie. Creed Humphrey's gonna have plenty of years. And to... Jonathan Taylor having the numbers that he's having, like they're gonna give some some credit yeah. to that O line as well. Yeah, for sure. Quentin Nelson made. It, I'm assuming. Right? Oh, of course. Yeah. So so there's no doubt that you know some of these some players got left off, but that happens every single year. So I just want you guys to reiterate, recap. The ones that you named that were snubbed from. Okay. So NFC, these are our NFC players that were snubbed from the Pro Bowl. I'll start with you, Joe. 
Um, so the biggest ones were, I think, Cordell Patterson. Cordell's just a little bit hard because, again, who do you put over him? But just the focal point of the offense, he does everything for that team, rushing, receiving. If they're winning or losing, he's the focal point. I would have had Stafford over Kyler Murray, and I also would have had Devontae Campbell in. Uh, over sure. Bobby Wagner? Remind me of the linebackers again. Bobby Wagner, Micah Parsons. Yeah, over Bobby. Okay, Matty Staffy is the obvious one over Kyler for me. Uh, just because Kyler missed some time, no disrespect to Kyler, Matty Staffy has just been dominant. Uh, number two in touchdowns, number three in total yards. He's been great. Uh, Cordero Patterson, that's that's probably my biggest running back snub. Whatever you want to call him, running back, wide receiver. He's been more so the, the running back for the Falcons. He's been great. Fifth highest total in combined yards this season. Uh, and defensively have A.J. Terrell making over Darius Slay. Uh, A.J. Terrell, probably the biggest defensive nub for the NFC. For me, I'm going with three green. I'm going with two Green Bay Packers and and one New Orleans Saints. Marcus Davenport over Brian Burns. I think Marcus Davenport has had the better season. Rashawn Gary over Robert Quinn. I think in Zadarius Smith's absence, Rashawn Gary has been a beast this season. Sure. He should have got in. And Devondre Campbell, like you mentioned, over Bobby Wagner. Now for the AFC, who are your snubs? So mine was, we just mentioned it, Deontay Johnson. If you want to put him over Keenan or Stephon Diggs, I really don't have a problem either way. I probably would lean a little bit Keenan, but I'm not really sold um, you know, too strongly either way. Also, I have Austin Eckler over Joe Mixon, and I believe those were really the only two offensively. I forgot. I feel like we talked about one other one, but I can't remember. Uh-huh. Joe Burrow, probably. Burrow. That, that, that's probably but, my biggest one for the quarterback. Interceptions, but. Again, there's been a lot of tip passes this this season for the, the for Cincinnati Bengals, excuse yeah. me, and... Lamar Jackson, he's been spotty. He has been. Throwing the football, it's night and day. You're leaning Burrow, but obviously Lamar is so much more effective with his legs than with his arm. And Lamar's been told to do a little bit more than what Joe Burrow has to do. But Joe Burrow's been great, number one in the division right now. Definitely a lot of credit should go to Joe Burrow. Austin Eckler, like you mentioned, uh, number two in total touchdowns this year for a running back. Uh, has more total scrimmage yards than than Joe Mixon does right now. But I can understand Joe Mixon getting the nod. It's his time. And he deserves it. Uh, for the receiver, you nailed it. Deontay Johnson. Keenan Allen, to start this season, ha- was definitely questionable. He's come on these last few weeks, but Deontay has been consistent throughout the entirety of the year. Has more uh, receiving yards than he does. Has more touchdowns than than Keenan Allen does. Just doesn't have as many receptions. And Deontay's been Barely. very consistent. No, Very minimal drops as well. Only three. Uh, Keenan Allen is among the top of the league in terms of drops. And Deontay only has three, like you mentioned. You guys mentioned the ones that I was going to mention, so I'll mention the ones you guys didn't mention. Jeffrey Simmons, to me, should have sure. been over DeForest Buckner. Definitely. I think Jeffrey Simmons has been a top-five defensive tackle this season. And DeForest Buckner, last year, he had a Pro Bowl season. This year, he has not had the same season. Jeffrey Simmons should have been over him. And I'm kind of up and down on the Kenny Moore one, but I understand it, so I'll let it rock. Mm-hmm. So those are our Pro Bowl snubs. Now, th- this is where... Things are going to get a little bit freaky. Okay. Hello. Contenders and pretenders. Here we go. We are heading towards week 16 in the NFL. And that means that we kind of have a picture of what teams are going to make the playoffs and which ones are not. So we're going to tell you guys which teams we think are contenders or pretenders. We'll name the teams that are currently in the playoffs right now. Unless you think one of the teams outside of the race is a contender, you can mention them. But we'll start out with the AFC. AFC contenders or pretenders, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, come yeah. on. Contenders. contenders. They got to be. I think they're contenders, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mahomie. <laughs> Mahomie. <laughs> I mean, That's the guy. 
That's the I, guy. I said it last week, and it was crystal clear in that exact same day. That Thursday night game, the defense had dominated from quarters one through three. Quarter four, they needed Mahomes to step Mahomes up, and tweets. what did he do? And fourth quarter in overtime, had three combined touchdowns, was fantastic. He took over that game. He's the reason they won. Now, I agree. Their defense has been great all year long, and I think the Chargers game was a statement game that they made that, okay, our, you knocked our defense because of the competition we faced, but now we're facing the Chargers, an explosive offense, and we held them in check for virtually most of the game. And that was without Chris Jones, sure. their best defensive player. Nick Bolton was huge, man. That guy is like a lightning bolt. He is legit. He's a big deal. New England Patriots. Yeah. How are they not? They have arguably the best defense in the league, the best head coach in the league. Mac Jones, we were watching, uh, we were all watching the game at Drew's for his birthday. We were having a fun time. Uh, Joel was rooting for Mac pretty hard while the rest of the room was rooting for Jonathan Taylor for fantasy. Um, but yeah, the Patriots, they're contenders. I mean, they're top three team in the AFC. This is tough for me personally. Because obviously defensively, they're like that. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Offensively, I get a little concerned. I just think that there are solid defenses in the AFC right now. You have the Chiefs. You have the Colts. Bills defense aren't slouches. Even though in the run game where... New England definitely does strive. That's probably the Bills' biggest weakness as of right now. I just think there's teams that can stop the Patriots. And offensively, the the Chargers, excuse me, the, the, the Chiefs can score against the Patriots. The Colts can score against the Patriots like we saw on Saturday night. I just don't think that they're contenders for the championship. I don't want to say pretenders is so strong. Pretenders I just, is foul. You know what I'm trying to say? It's Obviously, they're one of the best teams in the AFC right now. I just don't think that they're... It, a true contender for the Super Bowl. But I right think now. the only way they get screwed in the playoffs is if they go down big early. And what team, other than like the Chiefs that we've seen in previous years, like the Texans come to mind, obviously mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, what team, if you don't go down 21 early, like there's only a few a select teams that could really do it. That's the only scenario which what happened against the Colts when you get down big and Mac Jones has come back from 20 points in the second half and he made some really good throws. I'm did, sure you'll did, get into he it. He did almost come back. He yeah. did almost come back. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor at the end. Blew it away, and you know mm-hmm. it. it uh, the score was a lot larger than the actual game was, especially in the second half. But if the Patriots could keep it close, which I'm going to expect, they're going to keep almost every game close against all these teams because I know Bill Belichick's going to have a great scheme. No matter he's playing the Chiefs, the Bills, whoever it is, yep. the games are going to be close. So unless the Patriots somehow just get blown out early in the first half, like we saw against the Colts, they're going to be right up in there with uh, for a championship. That's mainly my concern. Let's say a team goes up early on them. I don't know if I trust Mac Jones this early into his career to come back from 14, 20 points down uh, immediately. Yes. He does not have the weapons to do so. Right I just now. think they have the defense, the coaching That's, staff, the schemes to just limit that as much as possible. I agree with that sentiment. Looking at the Patriots, I think they're contenders, man. They were my sleeper for a while now, and they finally woken up a lot of the NFL universe. When talking about going down, I agree with your point. I, I think more so... I'm worried about the Patriots if they play in bad climate because is it going to be like another Buffalo Bills game where they don't trust Mac Jones to throw the ball more than three times? How is it going to be? And playing in Gillette Stadium in New England, I mean, that's you, you're, you're going to get bad weather, so Mac Jones has to get used to that. But are you more worried about them playing in bad weather than getting in a shootout with Kansas City or something? Like, I wouldn't really mind because we saw New England have— In weather like the Buffalo game weather? That's what I'm saying. We saw New England now say, I'm more, I'm more screw worried it. About that. Like, I'll run the ball 95% of snaps, and we'll be a divisional team on the road. And they didn't have a problem with doing it. I, I'm more worried about that weather. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm more worried about if they have to play. I mean, Kansas City's not a dome, but like Kansas City and it's nice weather, and you know they're going. Kansas City is sh- cold weather too. It is. Sorry, yeah. that's that's why I meant. I apologize. Yeah, obviously Kansas City's gonna could have bad weather. Um, I'm more worried about that and having the Chiefs have to you know catch up with the Chiefs rather than it's a because if they're in a low scoring game and they have to rely on defense and run game. What team in the AFC do you not do you trust more than the Patriots to do that? I'm not necessarily talking about cold weather. Okay. I'm not. I'm talking about like conditions where you can't really throw the ball. So cold weather, but you can still throw it. Okay, I trust the Patriots. Mac Jones, I do think has an it factor. I think he he is capable of coming from behind versus the Colts. If it wasn't for the Colts' dominant offensive line creating the biggest hole, as big as a black hole for Jonathan <laughs> Taylor. I mean, what happens there? I mean, I think Braxton Barrows could have scored a touchdown on that right there. <laughs> so, Mac, Mac Jones and the Patriots, I still trust them. The Colts' loss wasn't a big deal to me. But this Sunday, they have a big test against the Bills. That's going to be a tough and rugged game. Definitely. And we'll, we'll see more of the Patriots there. Titans, contenders or pretenders? This one is interesting, given the fact that A.J. Brown's coming back. Julio got banged up, though, last week. He's, he's coming back, too. He's expected yeah. to play tonight? Yep. Oh, okay. I, will I thought not- he wasn't. I won't say that they're pretenders if Derrick Henry comes back week 18 and Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. If that's the case and all their guys are healthy, we see what their defense can do when they have the offensive pieces around them to to give them a little bit of leniency on that side of the ball. I only say contenders if they're fully healthy. If they're... Derrick Henry doesn't come back. They're pretenders for sure. This right, I I have the Colts over them. I have the Patriots over them. I have the Chiefs over them. That's pretty easy too. I think they're pretenders. I just think there's other teams in the AFC that are clearly better than them. And even though Derrick Henry might come back, AJ Brown's coming back this week. It's it's a huge help. I've just never really been a big believer in the Titans the whole season. I don't think like I don't think they could be the Chiefs. I don't think they could be the Colts. It's a divisional game, so I guess that is a little bit closer than we're expecting. The Bills is 50-50. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of teams. Not even a lot. I just don't really trust the Titans, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just have that feeling that like I don't see them winning more than one playoff game. Mike Vrabel might be the most underrated coach. He in is the a NFL. great coach. Yeah, for sure. I'll give him that. I'm 50-50 on this team, man. Me too. I'm gonna call them pretenders. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's how I feel about the Patriots. I, I think you know it's, it's just the Titans. Their defense is better than what the stats show. They're a really tough defense, and when they face elite competition, they really show out. And they're getting healthy, but my problem is the chemistry and continuity. They still have some huge problems. That offensive line isn't good in pass blocking, at least. And even though Derrick Henry, he's expected to come back, Deontay Foreman, man, he's looked like Derrick Henry. Oh God! (laughs) You you look you look at Foreman, Foreman's body type, and you know he's a big dude. The sleeve that he wears, I mean, man, he he looks like Derrick Henry to me. He's a beast. If I didn't know nothing about football, you compare them side by side, I think. They look the same to me. Dante Foreman has been really good, but I understand Derrick Henry, you know, he's, he's the a best, Hall of Fame he, running back. Exactly. Yes. He's the best running back in the league. But that offensive line isn't very good. And against these good pass rushes like Kansas City with Chris Jones back, New England, Buffalo doesn't have one, but the Colts, they're they're iffy on that end as well. I just think it's going to be hard for them. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the same efficient quarterback that he has been these past two years. I think he's a bit trigger happy because that offensive line doesn't give him much time. And I think he's regressed as a quarterback, but they're right in the middle for me. If they get healthy and start building continuity, I can trust them. But to this point, when Tannehill has played with Julio, Julio hasn't done anything. I mean, Julio hasn't done anything this season. So he is just like a brand name thus far right now. It'll be interesting to see because I don't think they've all played together since week nine. 
So I do want to see a little bit. How does Julio look as the wide receiver too with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry? And you know, the, I really don't think defenses are that you know worried about Julio at this point in his career. But I am interested to see what his role is and how he could thrive being the wide receiver but, too. But and not the, the thing about point. that is that when they made the trade for Julio, we all thought it was going to be great because we envisioned AJ and Julio as number ones. And Julio has not been a number one this year. I, I envisioned him more as a two. I thought AJ was going to be the clear one there. I don't know, man. It's Julio Jones. You can't count him out well, regardless. But obviously, yeah. hindsight is crystal clear at 2020, and Julio has not looked a shell of who we've known Julio Jones to be. AJ Brown, same thing. When he's on the field, he's super effective, one of the better wide receivers in the league. But that's been a concern of his up until this point in his career as well. Can he stay on the field, be that guy? When he's on the field, he is that dude. But yeah. it's a matter of him actually being out there. I can't give a full assessment on Ryan Tannehill until I see the guys out there. The last two seasons from Ryan Tannehill, he's been spectacular. Off the weapons that he has to deal with right now, not his the number one running back in the league gone. His wide receiver one gone. Julio in and out of the lineup all year long. You lose Jonu Smith. It's it's You lose Corey Davis as well. It's tough for me to really say he's regressed, given the fact that his O-line gives him no time, and he has no weapons that he's been accustomed to. Cincinnati Bengals, contenders or pretenders? I think they're a year away. Okay. I don't think they're contenders just yet. I'm not sure. I don't know how much I trust Zach Taylor. Like I like the the personnel I like, right? Offensively and defensively, I like the personnel. I just don't know how much I trust Joe Burrow. I trust Joe Burrow. It's, it's more of a Zach Taylor issue. It's more of a Zach Taylor issue to me because you have a running back in Joe Mixon who, if you are winning or need to eat the clock, he's one of the best workhorses in the, in the, in the league. Jamar Chase has struggled a ton in the second half of the season. We were originally going to talk about that. We'll probably get into it at some point in the future. But Jamar Chase has struggled a ton in the second half with drops, really not being able to. He's been able to create separation, but just not putting up the numbers or, or uh, productivity that we've seen in the past. And T. Higgins has stepped up in his absence. Tyler Boyd just had a really good game. I just think this team's probably another year away, especially just get Zach Taylor a little bit accustomed to winning. This organization, again, accustomed to winning because this is the first time in a while where they're going to be in the playoffs. They're division-leading team right now. So I'm putting them as the pretenders, but they're a fun team to watch. It's another team that I do like and I do think has a really bright future, but I don't think this year is their year to make a push. I just think overall there's teams that are better. Offensively, there's defenses that can stop them. Broncos are one of the better defenses in the league for sure. That being said, 15 points against us, you need to do better. You need to do better than that. Jamar Chase was basically a non-factor against us. Uh, T. Higgins was another non-factor. It was really the Tyler Boyd show. He definitely stepped up, but that just goes to show you the depth that they have at the wide receiver position. Joe Mixon. Audit Tate's on IR. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I don't waiting. know oh, what Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was uh, waiting for the Audit Tate reference. I didn't say anything. Audit Tate's on IR. Wait till he okay. comes back. You're going to see He's, he's coming back this year? I don't know if he's going to come back, but if he do come back, you better watch out. Right. Joe Mixon really didn't do much against us. So it just goes to show he that. Got banged up, it, too. That's facts. And Samaj Piran, he had, he had an all right game also, uh, but I'm not worried about Samaj Piran as opposed to obviously Joe Mixon. I like their offense, their defense. They don't necessarily have a true weakness, but I just don't think that they have the the personnel to match up against a Kansas City, to match up against the Colts. I'm super high on the Colts if you haven't been able to tell yet. And New England, for that matter. Offensively, I think that they definitely can compete, but New England's defense, I they, they can stop Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are pretenders, and it's because they don't excel in one area. They're good in a bunch of ones, but they don't agree. excel in one. Quarterback play is the only one that they really excel at. Wide receivers, if Jamar Chase is first half Jamar Chase, first half of the season Chase, then yeah, that's an elite group. But with him regressing in the second half, they're they're a good group. They're not exceptional, though. 
at tight end and offensive line, they're just okay. You know, they're they're average. And you look at the defensive line. The defensive line is the only part of the defense I see that okay, they're they're a good to great group. But then the secondary linebackers, they're just good. I mean, they're not great. They don't have game changers on that side of the ball. So they need to work this offseason to get a game changer on that side on either side. And even another offensive lineman would help because that offensive line is is below average. I mean, mm-hmm. it's looked better than advertised because they have so many weapons on the outside, but they're not a very good group. So I think they are, like you said, they're they're a year away. They need to work in the offseason on getting an offensive lineman, a game changer on defense. And then I think that they can make a push. But this is also, like I said, this is a balanced team. So they can give any team a fight. No doubt yeah. about that. And now up next, the Indianapolis Colts. I'll just go first and I'll say that I think they're contenders. Because like the Bengals, they're a balanced team. But they excel in areas. They excel at running the ball. They have an exceptional run-blocking offensive line. Their defense has been a top 10 defense this year. But I wanted to go first because I wanted to I wanted to give you guys the floor in, in this when talking about the Colts because you guys have been high on the Colts for weeks now. But you guys have never made it a take. It, it's always been, oh, I'm throwing this idea out there a little bit. But you've never been like, you know what? This is the team. It's this so is tough. the team. Kansas City, you can never count them out. You know what I'm saying? Again, their defense has been the highlight of their team this season. And the fact that they have Mahomes at quarterback makes me extra scared that if their defense is what's been their strong point and Mahomes is the quarterback of that team, they could be any team in the NFL. The Colts, why I can't put them over the Chiefs in that sense or or feel extra confident in choosing the Colts to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl is that they don't have the weapons on the outside to contend with the with the excuse me with the Chiefs. They they in my opinion they're the second best team in the AFC right now. I just look at the Chiefs. They've been there. They have the defense. They have the quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back. They really do have it all. You just look at the Colts. They have the best running back in football. Have arguably the best line in football. Quarterback. He's been solid, more than solid. Carson Wentz has been very good. Probably one of the more not talked about things. Doing what he's been doing the year after. They completely counted him out. Credit to Carson Wentz. Mike Pittman's their only their only option on the outside. T.Y. Hilton. If he can stay in the lineup, he's a serviceable dude for sure. But Zach Pascal is not a number two option for me. Their tight ends, Moali Cox is a big bodied dude, but other than nice that, red zone target. Correct. I just think that their weakness is the wide receiver, and I don't, I don't want to say that it'll be the reason why they lose, but it's the reason why I can't go all in and saying they're my clear choice. So you said earlier you were worried about how you don't know if you trust Mac Jones right to come back if Correct. they get down big. Correct. Do you trust Carson Wentz if they go down big and Jonathan Taylor? You know they can't give him the ball twenty five times. You could use him in the passing game, Correct. sure. But does Carson Wentz have to come back and win a game in the second half? How do you feel about him? I don't doubt Carson Wentz's ability to do so. It's more so the personnel same thing with with the the Patriots my issue is that not with Mac Jones but the personnel I I don't mind Kendrick Bourne I don't mind Nelson Aguilar but are these you love Kendrick Bourne let's be I, honest correct okay uh but these aren't I'm not going to disrespect Hunter Henry who just had a really good game against the Colts Johnny Smith's really solid but these aren't game-changing players game-changing is Tyreek Hill game-changing is Travis Kelsey they have Jonathan Taylor he's game-changing he's the game-changing player for sure but again if you're saying they're going down Unless we're there incorporating him in the passing game, which is a possibility, he is that type of ball player where he can he has lined up in the slot position and been that type of versatile player for the Colts. I 
I don't doubt Carson Wentz's ability there, but the personnel as in the totality of things does concern me. I don't trust Carson Wentz. And that's the biggest thing with the Colts. Their running game is elite. We know that. But Carson Wentz has been good this year, but he's completing just above 60% of his passes. I mean, he hasn't been this accurate machine. He hasn't been this rifle. He really hasn't. And you mentioned the weapons. Tight ends, they don't have game changers. Wide receivers outside of Michael Pittman, who else can you really count on? Even T.Y. Hilton. Even if if T.Y. Hilton is healthy, he is not who he once was, not in the slightest. That's why I can't really trust the Colts. I know their defense is going to put up a fight against any team. Their running game is going to be hard to stop. But if that goes away, the Colts are a very vulnerable team. Did, Did Darius Leonard make the Pro Bowl? I don't know if I heard his name. Who? Darius Leonard. I feel like if we, if we didn't mention that, that's, I feel like that's a pretty big guy. He, he did make it. Okay, I was going to say he's seven pretty great. But years. Wentz has been solid this year. Top 10 in touchdowns. Six, uh, tied for fourth, excuse me. He has six interceptions on the year. That's fourth lowest in the league. He's six in QBR. His yards is the only thing that's not there. But again, they're run-oriented. Yeah, I mean, this game against the Patriots, he was terrible. I mean, he didn't need to do much. Uh, fair, given and he Darius had 12 Leonard attempts. And Trent Cannon made the Pro Bowl. Trent Cannon, <laughs> anywho. Darius um, Leonard said, you said he made it? Yeah. Okay, okay, good. Right for yourself. Um, Trent Cannon. Because, yeah, Jet Legend. I remember him at the the green and white game, man, like 2018. I saw him. I was like, yo, he's got juice, and he turned into nothing. Um, if you don't know, he's a Jets like he's a running back bro. slash kick returner. Put respect on his name. So he made um, it as a, re- a return specialist? Did yeah. he actually? He probably did, yeah. He did. He made the Pro Bowl. So. I thought you were screwing with me. I no, 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 he really did make the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah, he's on the Colts. Um, oh, I, honestly, I, I thought you were fucking with me. That's funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to get back to Carson Wentz, he had... Like you said, he didn't have to do much, but still, 5 for 12, 57 yards, a touchdown interception. Like, you're going against New England. I want to see a little something that just in case you do have to come back in a game against an elite defense, I would like to see a little bit more from Carson Wentz. He did make a couple nice plays. This was Jonathan Taylor's show, though. I mean, he had, what, 170 yards, that huge touchdown run at the end of the game that really sealed it. Um, but I think the Colts are contenders for sure. I don't see a team... Because they could just control the clock. They could keep Mahomes off the field. They could keep New England off the field. They could keep whatever team they're playing off the field. And if you could eat eight minutes off a clock and just put away basically half of an entire quarter, and Mahomes doesn't have the chance to get that last drive at the end of the first half or at the end of the game, that's completely different. And that's something that almost no team has except for Derrick Henry and the Titans when they're healthy. Next team, L.A. Chargers. What are they? I feel like they're the mystery of this of the bunch. For me personally, they're pretenders. I think Herbert obviously has the talent to be a difference maker in a playoff game for sure. Defensively, I can't really trust them. Their secondary had been their strong point up until this point. That being said, Derwin James goes out and he gets banged up. We see the difference he makes when he's in and out of the lineup. Travis Kelsey was a uh, basically non-factor when Derwin was in the game. Derwin leaves. Travis Kelsey ends up with almost 200 yards receiving. The game-winning touchdown. He had two touchdowns on the game. If Derwin's not there... The secondary's toast and their run defense basically all season outside of these last couple weeks has been their biggest liability defensively. So I think as as a whole, I have to say pretenders. I think they're contenders. I think the Chargers are one of those teams that could get hot at the end of the year and go on a run because you have an elite quarterback, right? Justin Herbert, borderline yes. top five quarterback. I love their head coach. Like 
I know that he got a lot of you know a lot of slack for going on in fourth down, but like I don't care. Like I love if that. he want like he's like this is who we are. Like we're gonna go for it on fourth down. We're gonna be aggressive. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like at least he's sticking to his guns, and that's what he's going with. Hell yeah. But <laughs> but like what you were saying, <laughs> the first eight games of the season, the rush defense was terrible. They were allowing over 160 yards per game. But over the past six games, they're averaging just 101 yards per game, which would be seventh best in the NFL. So they've really turned around the second half of the year in terms of being able to stop the run. And their pass evens, like you said, they did. Um, Derwin James did get banged up. I'm not sure. Is he expected to miss extended period of time or I anything? Just saw, I just saw him leave the game and not return. Because their past evens have been 10th best in the league so far in terms of yards allowed. Guys like you mentioned, Derwin James, Chris, uh, Chris Harris, Sante Samuel Jr. Um, they're terrible on third down. They're the worst or one of the worst teams on third down. Worse than the Jets. I put that in my notes because I was like, if you're worse than the Jets and something, you got to be pretty damn bad. <laughs> um, but then offensively, I mean, what's there to say? They have... An elite downfield option in Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, a pro bowler, even though we think Deontay should be bet- should be over him. Still one of the better possession receivers in the league. Austin Eckler, again, someone who also got snubbed. Dual third running back out of the backfield. Um, and then their offensive line, Rashawn Slater has been amazing. Corey Lindsley has been amazing. So I think they're a team that is a little sneaky right now. Not a lot of people are talking about them. The Colts were originally my sleeper team earlier in the year. But I'm kind of leaning now towards they're, they've woken people up. Everyone knows about the Colts now. The Chargers are kind of more my sleeper team now to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. The Chargers to me are contenders because Justin Herbert is their quarterback. He's their signal caller. And whenever you have a, a great quarterback, you have a chance, especially when you have the right parts around him. And that's every team that has a great quarterback, that's where they have to maximize the quarterback potential by putting pieces around him. And they've done just that. You know, we know the big names like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, but they got Jared Cook who has been playing pretty similarly to, to Hunter Henry. He's been just as productive as him. Mm. And you also have Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, who have been huge in run blocking and also Yo, just Josh being Palmer deep threats. Josh Palmer is a big body. I did not know he was that big. Yeah, he's, he's, Dude, really he's solid. Nah, he, is, he is. That's why, you know, who knows if they'll bring back Mike Williams next year. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. So Josh he Palmer can, can possibly. Josh Palmer, if he, I think if he, he keeps developing, he can be in that role. And then defensively, they have game changers. Joey Bosa is a game changer. You even mentioned Derwin, Joey Bosa. Derwin, yeah. Derwin, Derwin James is a game changer. They have game changers. And their run defense, I'm not too sure what it's been and why it's turned around this much. It could be because Jerry Tillery got better in earlier in the season. He wasn't that good. Or maybe Justin Jones is playing a bit more. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it has gotten way better. And they're contenders for me on the sole fact that they have Justin Herbert. Yeah, if you have alone. a top five quarterback, you're always going to be in any game at any time. We saw with Mahomes, doesn't matter. We're down 28 to the Texans in the first half. Like, it doesn't matter. You're in every game. And the next team here, the Buffalo Bills. Early in the, early in the season, I picked the Bills to, to make it out the AFC, but it's not going to happen. And the reason it's not going to happen is because the Bills are an average team. And it's mass because they have a great, they have an elite quarterback. That's why, but they're an average team. There are weapons outside of Stephon Diggs. They're average. Their running backs are average. Their Boy. offensive line is average. Their pass rush, their defensive line is average. Their secondary, without Trey White, they're average. I mean, this is an average football team. The best groups on their team are at linebacker and at safety and quarterback, obviously, and then they just have Stephon Diggs. But they're an average football team. Emmanuel Sanders, they were hoping they were going to get something out of him. He he really hasn't been what they thought he was going to be. Gabriel Davis, I mean, he's just producing off the sole fact that Josh Allen is your quarterback. And Dawson Knox has broken onto the scene, but he's had a lot of crucial drops this season. Yep. 
they are too Josh Allen reliant. And the only difference between the Bills and the Ravens are that the Ravens are hurt. But the Bills and Ravens are very similar in the fact that they put the entire game plan, they put the entire game on the shoulders of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. The Bills are pretenders because they're an average team. They're not a great team. They're an average team. I do also think the Buffalo Bills are pretenders. However, I want to give Josh Allen his flowers. That's one snub that we did not mention. He's probably the biggest quarterback snub now that wow, I'm coming to I didn't, think about it. I didn't it. think about him. Lamar, yeah, he, he has, he's definitely. He, whoa. He, 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 definitely. Josh Allen was definitely he has, snubbed. He has over, wow. al- almost over 1,000 yards wow. more than Lamar does. He has uh, it's 31 to 16 passing touchdowns. He has one less interception on almost 100 more, uh, to almost 200 more attempts uh, he's been sacked less, far less, because Lamar's line has been in shambles all year. I can't believe I put Burrow. I know. Him. No, Josh Allen is the and, snub. And, in terms of rushing yards, he has 40 less attempts than Lamar Jackson, and he has under 200. He, he has 200 less rushing yards, but two more touchdowns. Averages more yards per attempt than Lamar does right now. Obviously, the better rusher is Lamar Jackson, but Josh Allen has the stats to 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 go right up with Lamar Jackson, and he definitely has the passing stats to show that he is significantly better than Lamar in that that facet. So Josh Allen, for sure, was a, a huge AFC snub there. But in terms of the Buffalo Bills and its entirety, we saw Devin Singletary start to get a little bit more love in this most recent game. He was definitely effective, got into the end zone, was super, super effective with the touches that he was given. So maybe they actually start incorporating him into the offense a little bit more. They're understanding that if we want to to, to really make a push, we need to start getting our running backs involved. And I, I've been more than... More than active on the fact that if the Bills don't get a, a rushing attack involved, they're going to get clipped arguably in the first round. There's teams that can game plan against that. The, the, if they go against the Patriots in the in the playoffs, the Patriots know how to stop the Bills. In in a clear a clear game where the Bills should be rushing the ball, they refused to. They had Josh Allen throw the ball over 30 times, and it ended up only resulting in 10 total points on the game. Defensively, their biggest issue is rushing rush defense. If there had to be a hole, it'd be rush defense. You don't have Trey White now as your corner. That's that's a huge loss. He's easily their best secondary player. So overall, think I, so corner or just corner okay. corner. Uh, who do you have over here, Micah? Jordan Poirier and Micah. That's fair. Ah, that's that's tough. Corner is so much more important than those positions. But I understand where Micah's no slouch either. And who's the other guy you said? Po- Jordan Poirier. Poirier. He's been solid this year too. But Trey White's a huge loss on the corner. There's just Who's going to go against Tyreek Hill? Like uh, Travis Kelsey, either way. I just feel like Keenan Allen. Even I'm not going to say Michael Pittman, even though Michael Pittman can get, can get open on any team, truthfully. I just think the Bills right now, there's too many holes on that defense. If they go against the Colts, I'm taking the Colts. If they go against the Patriots, I'm taking the Pats, Chiefs. There's just too many teams right now that I just look that are better than them overall. The Bills are the, like, they're my 50-50 team, where I don't know, like, I I don't want to call them pretenders because they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I think McDermott's one of the better coaches in the league too. But like you guys have mentioned, like they just they're not elite in a lot of areas outside of quarterback. And if you're saying they're the areas they are good are linebacker and safety, like how does that really translate if you're not elite? Like if you can't get after the get after the passer, you're not getting a lot of turnovers. Like I don't really care that much if you have elite linebackers and safeties if you can't do these other things that are going to impact the game more. So they're my 50-50 team. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they win a couple games, go to the AFC Championship, but I don't see them as a Super Super Bowl team either. Because right now, if they like, if they play the Chargers, I'd probably take the Chargers. The Chiefs definitely, the Pats definitely. Like they're probably like the around like that fourth, fifth best team in the AFC, which 
probably puts them more in the pretender category for me. I mean, that's what the Seahawks are. They have Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, and Quadre Dix. And then they don't have corners. They don't have de- a well, defense. There you go. Line. Their defense is very mid. Yeah, it's yeah. been bad. But the Bills are different because their, their scheme is a bit different. And they're, they're actually a great defense. They're a solid defense. They, they're, the talent that they've faced this year has been very minimal. And in the games that they've faced, really good talent, they haven't showed out. On the bubble, you have the Ravens, Raiders, Dolphins, Steelers, Browns, and Broncos. Are any of these teams contenders or are they all pretenders? You have the floor. You're probably going to pick the Dolphins. <laughs> contenders for a Super Bowl, there's no one here that's contending for a Super Bowl. Yeah. The Ravens, they're too banged up. Steelers are interesting, given the fact they're going to be playing based on heart because it's been, it could be Ben's last season. Yeah, but They've I'm been playing trust. very good football. They have uh, been playing very good football. I don't overall. trust Ben. They haven't been able to run the ball. But Ben hasn't been bad this year. He hasn't been that good. But he hasn't been bad. He yeah, but they're not that good. So unless Ben is really good, like they can't run the ball. They, That's a fact. They Their average like terrible. the let the yes. least amount of rushing Correct. yards per game. They use a first round pick on Najee. My whole time was you can't use a first round pick on a running back if you don't have an offensive line. I agree with and that. That's what it's showing, bro. They they are not able to run the ball. That's I an agree, issue. but. Ultimately, if the defense steps up the way that it has been, TJ Watt, and, correct, very TJ Watt dependent. If TJ Watt's not in there, that it's a whole different defense. And given like I don't know, you don't I obviously get Cam Jordan and Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward's Cam Hayward. on that defense as well. Like he's been very solid this year. I know, also. bro. But if TJ Watt goes down, I don't want to. Minka's been amazing this year. Injuries, though, but yeah, Joe that Hayden's cha- been okay. That changes everything though. When you have the one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher in the game. If he's but not even able at to full strength, are they contenders? No, I wouldn't no say way. contenders. No, but They've again, been, but off what we've seen in the past on miraculous runs, it really gets driven by these franchise-changing players that are coming towards the end of their career. This is our last ride. Let's let's really put it all on the line for this guy. I wouldn't I'm not counting them out to make that type of push, but no, I'm not saying they're a true contender, but of all these teams t- that are on the cusp, if I had to choose anyone, I'm choosing the Steelers. Big Ben has the 34th best passing grade according to PFF. He's 43rd in turnover-worthy plays. He's 30th in yards per attempt. He's 28th in adjusting completion percentage. 43rd in turnover-worthy plays. That's yes. good. I, I think that's like, that might be like 43rd best. You know you know what I'm saying? It's like one of those. Uh, I'd have to go in and double check okay. it. But yeah. 40, okay. I, I, I mean, I think all these around. teams are pretenders. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen. Let my Dolphins get in the playoffs. I was going to say, if I'm picking any of them, it's oh, it's the Dolphins or Raiders. Really? You have the Raiders over the Steve. Bro, I'll be honest. If, the, if, if Baker plays this game, they easily win. The Raiders would probably go the rest of the season without winning a game. The Raiders look bad. Yeah, if your they grandmother do. had balls, you'd be a grandfather. Like <laughs> they didn't. I get it, bro. But bro, like Nick Mullins was a quarterback, and he left the field. Well, he didn't leave. He didn't. Well, he did leave the field winning both times. But he gave them the touchdown to go ahead late. He had a chance to put the game away. They didn't get that first down, and then Derek Carr obviously ends up putting them in position to win that game. That being said, I'm I I wasn't trying to say the Dolphins out of respect because I knew you guys would laugh at me. The defense has been playing very great. Yeah, and. It really all comes down on whether Tua can can step up in the playoffs, and we don't know that until we see it. And I do put my you gotta faith step in him. up in the regular season first. I'm, listen, he we're gonna talk about it later. I'm not gonna go into it. Let's let's move on. <laughs> Last to year, game. must win a game, week 17. He as laid a rookie, as a rookie. Oh, but he laid it, and then versus the Jets, this is a game they had to win. He was laying he an did. egg early, uh, early, and then what? Again, I'm not gonna we'll go get into it. Six. We'll get into Stop it. it. We have man. a whole segment. We'll get into it. Come on. We're going on to the NFC now. Contenders or pretenders? First one up, the Green Bay Packers. 100% contenders. We yeah, really we got to talk about, about that. The Packers, man. 
What? This guy, no, he sold. Make my day, no, 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 make my day. He what are you about to say? He has to say this because he's been down on them all season. Refuses to give him his credit. He has to say this. For the last two years, I haven't been high on the Green Bay Packers. Oh, he's calling. They're winning the Super Bowl. In 2019, I wasn't high on them. They made the NFC Championship. They lost to the 49ers. And I said most of their games were one-score games. They could have gone either way. I'm not too fond of Matt LaFleur. Very next year, I'm like, you know what? I'm picking the Lions to win the NFC North. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and, and the reason for that is because the, the Lions, you know, they had your guy, Matthew Stafford, elite quarterback, right? And He's been elite this year. I don't want to hear blew, it. They blew so many leads last year. Just look at the games. They blew a shit ton of leads. Yeah. Okay. Blew a lot of leads. Green Bay Packers win their division again. They, they go to the NFC Championship. They face the Bucks. They lose to the Bucks, but I picked the Bucks all year. Coming into this year, Minnesota's winning the division. They're going to be number one in the NFC North. They should have been, but bad luck goes their way. They lose a bunch of close Wait. games. Can I, can I stop you for a quick second? What do you mean Minnesota should have been? I mean, you look at all the close games. Yeah, they should have been. Bro, bro, the, they bro, been. the, Packers, the Packers are what, 11-3? and three? Correct. And the, beat, the Minnesota's 7-7? Seven seven? Who beat the Packers? Okay, bro. The Vikings. I, were they yes, in Minnesota? It's a divisional game. No, they're in it. Green Bay. It's a divisional game. It's Are cool. you sure? <laughs> Check. I'm I think it was in sure. Minnesota. But, like, yeah, bro, to, Minnesota. Say, to say Minnesota should be first is crazy. They, they have four be. more <laughs> losses. <laughs> they should be. They have four whole more losses they have, than them, bro. They have, Yo, they have a lot of close games, bro. I understand that. the close games. But that's part of being a Super Bowl or a good team is can you close out those close games? And they lost versus the Bengals on a on a on a um. Game-winning field goal okay. that he hit, that 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 was one. They lost to Arizona as well off of off a of last-second field goal. They should have won that. Actually, their kicker but, missed a field goal. I know, bro, but you can't say should have won when they no, no, lost. Like, I'm saying they should have. I think they should have. I think they should have. The Jets should be undefeated then, I guess. No, no why? We get blown out. No, you can't do that. scored seven points saying, against like, the Browns. They barely beat the Lions. They should have lost to the Lions two times this year, actually. I mean, they lost once. Saints should exactly. Why well, I say they should have lost so twice. That's so disrespectful okay, to the Packers. Okay, listen. Let me let me finish. I haven't finished okay, the Packers okay. yet. And the Packers proved me wrong. Matt Lafleur is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and they're contenders. As much as it hurts me to say, I feel like a spear pinched my heart just now. <laughs> the Packers are contenders, and right now they look like the most legit team in the NFC in the NFL. And you should have stuck with your last dance I know, thing. Man. I know. You didn't stick with it. You should have stuck with the last dance I like, thing. The Rams look really good they the, do. these last couple of weeks, hey, but you're 100 percent right. I both my teams that I chose look arguably the best in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Their defense is finally figured out. I think Devondre Campbell stepping up at that linebacker position is what they desperately needed. Eric Stokes has been one of the better rookie corners. And they they haven't gotten Jair yet. They haven't gotten Darius Smith yet. They haven't gotten Bakhtiari yet. Bakhtiari and Jairi, Jair, they're coming back. They're coming back, and they're going to be in the playoffs. So Darius Smith, I'm not sure. But they're two key guys are coming back. Yeah, for and sure. And once they come back, this team is scary. Scary hours. I'm putting a stock into the Green Bay Packers, man. Yeah, you're late, but sure. I'm putting a stock into it. You're never too late, man. You know, the crypto's booming. It's not I too know, late bro. to put stock into it now. Uh, we were just, me and Drew were just talking the other day. We thought uh, Bitcoin was over when it hit 10K. And you're like, bro, it's 60K now. It's crazy. Like, I put money in when it was at 19. I put like $200. Nothing crazy. I probably have some chicken if oh, I left yeah, bro. it. I, I mean, folded. Oh, oh, you took it yeah, out. I, took it I was going to say, you would have 
three time three extra money yeah, right facts. now. Six hundred. Facts. Yeah. Whatever. Next team, the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. I'm 50-50 on these guys. I'm 50-50 also, actually. Because their Dak, offense hasn't been good. Dak has been very questionable these last couple weeks. You know, I got so much slack for saying Dak wasn't a top 10 quarterback. I mean, he is. I don't think he is. He, he is. is. If he is, he's bottom like 8, Correct. 9, 10, 11. Correct. Like, Correct. Right Obvious. there. We're not, he's not a top 5 quarterback. The well, top before, five, I'll, oh, tell no. you, I'll tell you before the season who I had over him. Kirk Cousins. No, I didn't. I yes, actually, you no, did. I didn't. Yes, no, I you didn't. Did. No, I didn't. You're no, lying. I didn't, bro. No, I you're didn't. Lying. I wouldn't put Kirk over You're Dak. lying. They're, they're in the same Look tier. me in the eyes and tell me that you're not lying right now. I'm not lying. You're lying. lying. This is the list I had. I had Tom Brady. I had Mahomes. I had Rodgers. I had Josh Allen. I had Russell Wilson. I had Lamar Jackson. I had Kyler Murray. I had Justin Herbert. I had Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson. It's firm list. Yeah, it's very firm. I'm not putting Dak over any of them. Well, Deshaun, we need to see him come back. I don't care. I'm not worried. I but slightest. before the season, the guy, play, the guys, the guys that saying. I got, the guys that I got slack for putting Dak behind were Stafford, Kyler, and Herbert. Kyler, I mean, that foolish. He's Herbert. I could see just because it was a rookie one year thing. But, but his even rookie still. year was better than anything Dak has ever done. Who Dak's, Herbert? Dak's first year yeah. was phenomenal too. Dak's first year, he was fantastic. He was not dude. better than what Herbert did though. Oof. Dak I have to, was just I have to on go a better back and team. Look at it. He was definitely. He was. Yeah, best That's why he was more efficient. But, Dez, but but Herbert was flat out. Herbert was great. Correct. Yeah. But didn't Dak have like like four interceptions? Like something. And now even now, low. I mean, you can even even now thinking about it, you can put Joe Burrow over Dak. I wouldn't be opposed to that right That's now. Want, man. I would, yeah, I'm not pushing back Damn. on it. Dak has really struggled. I mean, it's a tale of two halves. The first half of the season, Dak looked phenomenal, but this second half, their defense has really been carrying them. You, you want to know what it is with Dak? I think everybody, wow. everybody overrated Dak coming into the season because he was on pace to throw for like six thousand yards, even though it was like three, four games. But everybody just looked at the projection and was like, "Yeah, this guy." Was flat out amazing. He was. No, he was. But I mean, the teams he was facing, they weren't good, bro. That defense was trash yeah. that he was. But that's playing also with. why he had ridiculous stats because he had to put up thirty every week. Like, bro, if Russell still Wilson, do it though. You give him. You gotta bro, give him the credit. Last season, last season, if Russell Wilson stopped playing by like week five, he would have been on pace for like seventy plus touchdown passes. But we know historically that that's what they slows do. Down, correct. Yeah. It's just yeah. That's, that, that, that's why I think people have overrated Dak a bit. But you know, their offense hasn't been the same. Uh, these past couple of weeks, their defense is very up and down. They're turnover reliant. If if they don't get turnovers, they're gonna get torched. They give up a lot of yards. Yeah, and I, let's I send don't out mind a, that. Let's send out a PSA for Amari Cooper. Where are you, bro? Oof. Are you okay? Is everything okay at home? You, you honestly, start Amari Cooper this week or Kyle Pitts against Detroit? Wouldn't you like to know? I would, we're not playing each other. Right? I know, I know, I know. I don't want to be responsible for it because Amari Cooper he has really slowed down. I mean, oh, wait. obviously outside Pitts against who? Uh, Detroit. Ooh. It's hard, but week one against Tampa Bay, Amari Cooper came out and was ridiculous. You know, had like twelve receptions, hundred eighty, you know, crazy stats. And then since then, like he's had his games here and there, but he really hasn't been a number one wide receiver for them. CD's really been stepping up. Michael Gallup since coming back from injuries, getting involved more. Future Jet, Future Jet, possibly Amari Cooper. I believe after this season, he they could uh, cut him. They're not gonna cut him. I shouldn't say that, but they could. They has no more guaranteed money. Is what I'm saying. So he could be traded for no dead money. They could get a second pick, second round pick probably for him and address another need because their receiver room stacked. To answer your question, Amari Cooper. Okay. Um, that being said, he needs to step up. This is a perfect week for him to do so. Washington secondary is mediocre, being very kind. It's not good, hasn't been good at all this season. Amari should light it up. 
Dak should have a really good, a this really is a, s- a big bounce back spot for that offense because this has been a very bad defensive year for and Washington. You want to compete for the number one seed? I'm sure they want that bye week. Oh, they would love I'm it. I'm sure I bet. they're looking at the bottom of the table. I don't want to play Minnesota. I don't want to play the Niners if I'm the Cowboys. If I'm obviously looking in, the Cowboys should be favored, but the Niners are not. A I'd rather team play be- Minnesota than the, I'd rather oh. play the Niners than Minnesota. Oh, excuse me. No, excuse no. Me. I, I'd yes. rather play Correct. Minnesota Correct. than the Niners. Correct. Correct. Okay. I agree wholeheartedly. You got, you got the Minnesota purple on, so. Oh, that's not a coincidence. I can't <laughs> see that. <laughs> but if the Cowboys, you know, right now the Cowboys would face the Vikings in the first round of playoffs. I would pro- I'm okay with that. The Vikings would beat the Cowboys. The Vikings would beat the Cowboys. Would and I told you, you can say good. You better, yo, you better hope it doesn't happen because I told you they get into the playoffs, they're winning the game, and that's gonna be the game they win. No, they're not. That's gonna be that'd be a close game though. Because all right, your boy Kirk Cousins would have to show up in prime time. That's what would happen. He does. does. When's the last time he played in the playoffs? He just looked terrible. When's the last time he beat Drew Brees in New Orleans? Bro, Kirk just looked terrible the other day. When against against Chicago? When was this? No Monday Night Football. Oh, you said in the playoffs? No, in the play. Yeah, yeah. They lo- the year the Niners went to the Super Bowl, they faced the Saints in the first round. They beat the Saints, and then they lost to the Niners the very next round. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'll tell you what, it's not happening because the Niners Dallas. ran all over them. Same it's way not, they ran all over. Not, Green is Green that Green. the PI game? No, it wasn't. They they beat them fair and square. That was the game where Kirk Cousins threw basically a walkaway touchdown to Kyle Rudolph to win the game. I I remember vaguely now. I do remember vaguely now. Are you sure that was the postseason? It was a postseason. Yep, yep. And it was it was Captain Kirk <laughs> coming up big. He's I remember the, the captain, Kyle Rudolph man. touchdown. I remember that for sure. But I don't remember if that was playoffs. So we're all 50-50 on the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their offense like it's because of Dak. If, yeah, if that's offense. my biggest concern, then. Ezekiel and, and Pollard, that combination has been lethal all season long. You have the weapons clear as day. Amari, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Don Schultz, they've all been solid. Defensively, you have arguably, credit to Joel right here, Michael Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year. Trayvon Diggs, another candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, is not on pace anymore, but was on pace to break the record for most interceptions in a season, has 10 right now. They have the personnel. It's just a matter of if they can execute. And I do think it's possible. They're the... The Cowboys have been notoriously known for choking, but they have the group of guys. So I'm going to say they're contenders, but I do have my worries. Yeah, and I have to re- if I have to rely on Dak, I'm cool with that. Correct. Next team up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are they? This is tough also because you lose Levante David, the heart and soul of that defense, regardless of what you want to say about um, blinking, not Bush. Oh man, so Devin White. Devin White, thank you. I get the Devin's confused, but Devin White, obviously, he's fantastic as well. But the heart and soul of that defense is Levante David. Secondary, it's not that great, and we've been hoping that they're going to come uh, inevitably down the stretch, and they're going to get healthy because we can see what that that defense as a whole can do come playoff time. Secondary included, they can win a Super Bowl. But I don't know if these guys are going to come back. James Dean, if he's going to come back in time uh, for the playoffs. However, he will. He's you, back you this week. So? Oh, really? He's that's that week. is huge. You get you bring him back. You pair him with, uh, with Murphy Bunting. That's enormous. Richard Sherman. That's, a- but I don't know. AB. AB's back. That's why offensive. I'm only worried about the defense. Levante David. That is a huge loss. You, you need him back to be the defense that you are you you want to be if you're the Buccaneers, and that's obvious. Offensively. I don't have the concern that others might have with losing Godwin and Fournette. Antonio Brown and Evans. 
Evans he's going to play. Yeah, though. I saw he's he's, he's, he's questionable, questionable to play. He has this a week. hamstring injury. Correct. Yeah, so I don't he think he'll play. I don't think he'll play this week. I think the Buck. The, Buc- the Bucks play the Jets next week. I want to say so they might just sit him till. I'm gonna say this. I think the Bucks, they're in that red territory. The only reason why they're contenders for me is because they have the main man Tom Brady. That's the only reason. That's, That's the only reason why. I can't agree with that. That's I'd... the only reason why I look at them and I say, you know what? I can't count them out fully because if that was the case he would have won against the saints they're at home you lose those guys if that's the case they should have won that's the only he's always been there that's the only see but not always in the patriots he actually had a winning record against uh, yeah against the the bucks Bucks, yeah with the bucks you know the saint that the saints are the only team to beat tom brady four times in a row like in his career i mean that's so impressive i mean four four times in a row in the regular season when it mattered most they saw him yeah you're right you're right Actually, that's the first team to beat Tom Brady four times in his career. Like no other team has beaten him four times in the regular season or playoffs. Yeah, I feel really the Jets have. (laughs) (laughs) No, we haven't. I I, I don't think we have. Are you sure? I feel like that's not true because I I think we we were were going about about the records. I think the Miami has more than five wins against uh, Tom Brady. Was it against New England? Or maybe against New England? No, they have to have more in the history of their. I thought that was first Tom Brady. I thought so too. Regardless, you guys may ahead. be right. I yeah, may be yeah. wrong on my uh-huh. on my stat, but you guys can fact check me. Uh, you're losing Chris Godwin. You're losing Leonard Fournette. Though Chris Godwin's out for the year. Leonard Fournette probably might be out for the year as well. Mike Evans is coming back, but that receiving core is so young, and they just don't click with Tom Brady. Tyler Johnson just doesn't click with Tom Brady. Scotty Miller, I think, clicks with him, and I think he'll do good in that slot yeah. role if you move Godwin outside. And then they just signed Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's just a that's a cry out for help. When you're signing it, Le'Veon Bell, it is respect, dude. I love Lev is a legend. I understand he's, he was one of the best running backs in NFL at one point, but we have to call it how it is now. He's he's not a good running back anymore. It's tragic, but Ronald Jones can do the job. Yeah, this is what happened in reverse last year. Right. Ronald okay, Jones so, got hurt, and then so Leonard Fournette I, came. I ask over. you guys this: Le'Veon Bell, he didn't. He was not good with the Jets. He goes to Kansas City. We all think, okay, now this is the time where he's gonna he's gonna revive his career. He doesn't do it in KC. Then he goes to Baltimore. He can't win over guys like Tyson Freeman. Williams. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Now with the Bucks, is 100% there right. is there right. any okay? But is there any chance Le'Veon Bell is gonna revitalize his career with the Bucks? Because he said in his press conference that I was about to quit football, but when I got the call from Tampa, it was a no brainer and. They're making me excited to play football again. Their line is fantastic. Second-ranked line, according to PFF. If there was any line to be behind that we could have some kind of confidence in Le'Veon Bell, it would be the Tampa uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just what history has shown me in these last couple years with Le'Veon Bell, it's hard to put my money on him. But again, I'm 50-50. Le'Veon has looked terrible, but this line's fantastic, and we see what Le'Veon can do behind a great O-line. And the Bucs need a pass catcher. I like Rojo, Rhino Jones. He's not a pass catcher. He's not a pass catcher. He's inconsistent. And Vaughn, he dropped the pass in primetime on Sunday night, and Tom Brady was was irate. Was was Leonard Fournette their second leading? uh, Fournette had the most catches by any running back in the league. In the NFL yeah. this season. I yeah. mean, Leonard was fantastic in that aspect, which that's definitely going to hurt them. But Ronald Jones can do the job. You plug in Antonio Brown like Godwin. Godwin obviously is their best receiver this this season, but your replacement AB, is Antonio AB Brown. AB looked amazing. Correct. Before he got hurt, he looked really good. He was averaging six catches, 83 yards per game. He had two games over 100 yards. Like He came in right. and he was the wide receiver one, really, before uh, he got hurt. 
I'm going to say this. I think Le'Veon Bell bounces back with the Buccaneers. And like they lost that. Gio Bernard, too. I like that. So they, they need that depth. I guess, I guess I'm going to... Lev, if you're watching this, bro, I love you, man. I you're got fake. respect. No, you don't. You don't. I can't, I can't put... Bro, like, he went to the perfect situation last year in Kansas City. He went to a creative Their mind. line was mid. Their line was mid. Okay, I'm sorry, bro. But if you have... If you're even decent, a mid-line with that offense, with Mahomes, with Correct. Tyreek, with Kelsey, Correct. show me something. He didn't, he didn't play a single snap in the Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, rightfully so. That's, what, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like... All right, the only reason I'm in on the Bucks okay, is because of Brady, and as you should be. If, but, but if reason... you look, but if you look at the history of when Brady has won a Super Bowl, I'm looking at it now with, with the Madden Arena. I'm watching a great show on ESPN Plus. After they win, they don't win back to back usually. You know, they, they always have a down year after, and this year feels like this year regardless. feels like the Bucks down year. But didn't they go Panthers, Eagles, or was there a year in between? Panthers. That was the Broncos. back in the back in the day. Oh, well, man. versus they their first Super Bowl win was against the Rams. Correct. That was 2001. 2000, 2001. 2001. So 2002. They, they, they had an off year. Yeah, they beat the Panthers. 0-3. They beat the Eagles. 0-4. So that was probably the only year. But then there was a gigantic gap. Correct. Gigantic. Yeah. Then they lost Huge. to the Giants in yeah, 07. Times. They lost to the Giants in 11. Yep. Then they went against Seahawks. They won. The Broncos won the next year after that, I believe. Then they beat the Falcons. And they lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Eagles, and then they beat the Rams. Yeah, there's always that down year in between. Yeah, but almost all Super Bowl teams have that hangover of some sorts. I guess Kansas City didn't, but they still lost. They lost last year. Um, you know, to Tampa Bay. I think they're contenders. Just to give you the stats on Tom Brady, I'll only read you some notables: ten and zero against Atlanta, uh, eight and four against the Ravens, uh, nine and nine against the Broncos, eight and five against Kansas City. 10-2 Ten and two against the Chargers. That's impressive. Let's hear the AFC East. Twenty four and twelve against Miami. So they have twelve wins. That's a lot of wins. Yeah. For for any so other team. So it was probably four times in a row. In and the then the Jets season. thirty and eight. The Bills, he's dominated. I want to say right. Correct. Uh, Bills. I didn't read them because it it was kind of embarrassing to a degree. Uh, they're thirty three and three. <laughs> that's Damn, nuts. That's crazy. Bro. I'd rather be thirty three and three and have Josh Allen though. Yeah, you think so? Bro, if you give me Josh Allen instead of Zach, like Zach, I, I wish oh, you the best, oh, oh, bro. Oh, oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Josh Allen. Fair enough. I'm not trading Zach for no Josh Allen. Oh I'll God, here he goes. No way. I am dead. This is why it's a good show. So man. we you all get think. The, so you we get all the absolute honest. crazy Jets fans, and you get the one that's realistic. So we all think the Buccaneers five. are contenders. Yes. Yeah, they're contenders yeah, for sure. So next team, the Arizona Cardinals. What are they? Mm. <sighs> They've been sketchy these last couple they games. I think without DeAndre, they're pretenders. At this point, without DeAndre, I don't love the receiving core. I yeah, don't. no, me either. Devondre, uh, DeAndre goes down. You're looking at Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, AJ Green. That's not a good. Rondell Moore's not even a receiver. Do you remember? Yeah, like a, do you remember yeah. when we were talking about comparing their their uh, group of guys to the Ravens? Right now, you gotta lean Ravens. Oh yeah, I'd much I don't know. Rather it's have like the really the same, bro. I disagree. I'd rather Mark Hollywood and and Mark and Andrews and easily. Mark Andrews, and it's not close easily. Yeah, but you're, you're missing D Hop. Yes, <laughs> correct. Fast, fast. Missing D Hop. We are agreed. But D Hop makes these other guys better. That's easy. That's obvious. But even if D Hop comes back, like he's been banged up all season, do we expect him to come back for the playoffs if and he's, beat D Hop? If he's healthy, nah, listen, I get it. But Braves, we're talking about like the Ravens versus the Cardinals and all healthy. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the thing. And and personally, still, I'm taking the Ravens. I think as a whole, we've seen Mark Andrews blossom into the top three at the minimum at the tight end position. Marquise has been solid. Had a okay. couple. He's been solid. He was much better first half. Of the Correct, a hundred percent agreed. But so was but Lamar. But then, as the team got more and more injured, 
everyone started to take a hit outside of Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been really the Bateman's guy. Elijah Moore has been better than Rashad Bateman. I'm, Rashad Bateman really hasn't had that opportunity, but fair enough. Hey, Rashad Bateman's off my team. Doesn't matter anymore. Uh, that <laughs> They're being, both going to be really yeah, good. Agreed. Both of them are going to be really be special. To, but to go in depth into the Cardinals, I'm worried because of DeAndre. Without DeAndre there, their weapons to me are not as exciting. You have the double coverage on DeAndre, which allows guys like Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Rondell Moore, whatever his role is, whether he's more of a, a jet sweep or some some in that kind of facet. He makes me guy. correct. He make DeAndre is what makes me excited about the Cardinals offense entirely outside of obviously Kyler Murray. James Conner has been great. You bring in you bring back James uh excuse me, you bring back Chase Edmonds, who just came back off the IR. He had a really good game against the Lions. But overall, they really just couldn't get anything going against the Lions. And Kyler was being Kyler to a degree, we still saw him make Kyler-esque plays, scrambling around the pocket. So I don't think he's the issue right now. You mentioned earlier in the show that is is Kyler Murray still hurt? Is he banged up still? I don't think he's banged up. I just think right now, defensively, we're starting to see them creep back to their old ways of last season. And offensively, they don't have that piece on the outside that could really open up the game for these other wide receivers who, at this point in their career, and by at this point in the career, AJ Green, I don't think he's a true wide receiver one. Christian Kirk's a solid piece, but only out of the slot when he has DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. He's had a really good year. Ertz for sure. I, I, that's I said pretty, Kirk, but both. Yes. You no, know, Ertz Max. since coming to the Cardinals has been really effective. I think that without DeAndre Hopkins, I can't say they're contenders. I also see them as pretenders right now. I mean, earlier in the season, I remember a few weeks ago, we were going to talk about, like, you know, are the Cardinals kind of being slept on? And I thought they were at that point in time. Though the defense was playing really good. Kyler, you know, coming back from injury, expecting to be better. Um, but it, it kind of gives me that, like, Russell Wilson vibe where, like, he kind of thinks he has to do everything, where in reality, it's different. I, th- I think that... Um, Especially in the running department, he has a lot more to work with than Russ basically ever did, you know, outside of the Marshawn Lynch years, you know, however many years Chris ago Carson. that was. Chris Carson. But yeah, he was another one who's, who was in and out of the lineup, too. And, but and last season, you thought James Conner was washed. He was, Well, he was. I'm he just was, saying. He was not good last year. It's questionable. Russ has had, up until this point in his career, he's been blessed outside of offensive line. That's the one thing you could look at and say, the Seahawks did him dirty. They should they When they traded for Jimmy Graham and gave away their center, I think it was. I'm yeah, Max Unger. Th- that was the beginning of the end for it, it that really offensive was. line. It really was. And so that is the only thing you can look at the Seahawks and think this is what they did him unjustly. Other than that, he's had the receivers. He's had the running back. Make it happen. I'm I'll just, say this. I think the Cardinals' biggest loss hasn't been Hopkins. I think it's been J.J. Watt. Agreed. He's been the def- he was playing in the interior defensive line, and when he was healthy, they were one of the top run defenses in the NFL. He goes out. They go. They're one of the worst ones. They're not a good run defense. I think he's been the biggest loss. J.J. Watt has been. Over D-Hop is close, but I agree. Defensively, they haven't looked the same since J.J.'s went out. I just think as a whole right now, you look at what the, brought the Cardinals the most success early on was the offense. They were blowing teams out. The defense played a huge part in that, but the at the most important factor of the Cardinals games was DeAndre was getting involved. You had Christian Kirk doing his thing. You had James Conner and Chase Edmonds both being effective out of the backfield. And that really all stemmed from the attention that D-Hop was bringing. And even then, D-Hop was still being effective in the red zone. Had eight touchdowns in, in 10 games. We see what DeAndre can do when he's on the field. We see the Cardinals offense as a whole when he's on the field. It's just a matter of him being there. And now the LA Rams. What are they? Come on now. Do I really have to say this? Contenders. <laughs> yeah. They gotta be. I said it against that game against Jacksonville. This needed to be the game to get them back on track. 
We've seen these three weeks in a row. They've looked like the Rams that I had seen early on in the season. Cooper, it's a fact. It's ending this it's Sunday. A, I'm telling you that. Disagree. This, who are they even playing? The Vikings. Yeah, okay, W. <laughs> uh, Rams defensively has looked great. We're starting to see Aaron Donald accumulate some more and more sacks these last couple of weeks. Vaughn Miller actually just got his first sack as a Ram, as a Ram this past weekend. Jalen Ramsey, best corner in football. That's easy. And offensively, Matthew Stafford has been fantastic. I mentioned earlier how he was snubbed in, in the Pro Bowl voting. He should be in over Kyler Murray as much as I love Kyler. Give me Staffy this year. Number two in touchdowns, number three in total yards. He's been fantastic. Cooper Cup's going to break every record. Probably not. But he's going. He, he's, 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 very, on pace. Yeah, he's on pace. I think he's nine yards ahead of it's gonna be close. Calvin Johnson. It's going to be close. There's going to be that asterisk on Cooper Cup because of the the seventeenth yep. game, the the one extra game, but he has a chance to do it in sixteen. I think he's like three hundred away, three forty some around that. Oh, but this is week six. Oh, correct. Seventeen. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he breaks it in sixteen. However, it would be very difficult. Three hundred and forty-one yeah. in three hundred and forty. I think that's around that that number in two weeks would be impressive. Yeah. He'd have to basically put up 170 in each of these games. I don't see it happening. I do think it's a possibility that he does break it in that 17th game at the end of the year against the Niners, given the fact their secondary isn't that great. And the run, I did not expect him to have this much depth at the running back position. Big news before this. Yeah, we, enormous, just before we, yeah, just before we recorded. news. Joel, Joel's boy. My guy. Cam Akers. Taken off the IR, designated to return off a torn Achilles that happened earlier this offseason. Yep. Incredible that he's back this soon. He had Five joked, months is crazy. We had thought he was joking on Instagram saying, yo, I might mess around and come back this season. We yeah. got Odell. We, we can actually make this run. And he's now designated to return. That could change a lot because Daryl Henderson, I know there was a lot of talk in, in the offseason about, you know, because Cam Akers really broke out in the second half of the season. We thought Daryl Henderson, he was a third-round pick out of Memphis. He was, you know, that high-caliber pick that we expected to take over. Then the next year, they come right back. Their first pick, they didn't have a first-round pick in the second round, taking Cam Akers. And he really broke out. He, he dealt with them, some in, uh, rib injuries earlier in the season last year. Then the second half, he really came out. And Daryl Henderson, he's had his moments this year, but... It's hard to really figure out what is Cam Akers going to be when he comes back. Coming off a ruptured Achilles in five months is something that I don't know if I've ever seen before. We saw KD took almost two years, you know, and that's another high-level athlete. But someone who has done it was Deontay Foreman. Now, it's been multiple years. You know, this is probably three, four seasons at this point. But we see Foreman coming back now off a ruptured Achilles, and he's shown that you could come back and you could still be an effective running back. If Cam Akers come back, there's no way he's a workhorse, right? Jay, uh, Sony Michelle is going to be involved. Daryl Henderson is still going to be involved. But they could get Cam Akers back and just in bits and pieces, especially down the stretch. And now you have that, you know, what the offense is really built on, that zone running scheme and be effective with it. Now we're talking about the Rams in a little bit of a different light. Now maybe they're the favorites over the Packers if they could have a really good rushing attack. And it really changes everything because I think right now where they stand, they're contenders. But if they could get Cam Akers back and he looks anything like he did last year. That we're, we see different heights for the Rams now. Ramily. Ramily. <laughs> Ramily. I'm 50 50 on the Rams, man. La Ramelia. I'm 50 50 on the Rams. It's because of Stafford. I already told you. <laughs> but he loves but he loves Kirk. I don't get it. Like he thinks yeah, Kirk's gonna go and How win these playoff games, but not Stafford. Keep it Kirk has won a playoff game. Bro, he's been on Detroit though, bro. Like and he should show. have I don't know how many. Stafford times leaves and Detroit's the worst team in the league. Wow. No, they're not. They're the third, actually. Uh, all right, bro. They have like, two wins. I was going to say. They have two wins. They're by better week, than the Jets. By they're week, better than the Jags. By week they're the 18, best worst team ever. 
They are. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's, it's such a coincidence, <laughs> they're the right? Best worst People, team he ever. hates Stafford, so they're the best worst team ever. I don't hate Yo, Stafford. Yo, that's interesting. I don't. That's, that's, that's narrative. The narratives are coming out. The narratives are coming out. I don't hate the narratives are coming out. I don't hate Stafford. I just don't trust Stafford in big time games. You look at the stats. I've named him before on this show. You look at his record versus 500 teams versus teams with a winning record. He's just an okay quarterback talking, in prime time. Are you talking about like his totality in his career? Because most of the time in Detroit, he was the worst of the teams when you're looking at better teams over 500. Like, how often was Detroit the better team? In the Jim Caldwell years, most of the time. Literally 2011, that was, they were 10 saying, and 6. You're saying like two yeah, out Jim of like his 10 year career. You know, they had some good years. Hey, look, listen, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I just don't trust Stafford, and that's why. I don't have to. I've already backed up my opinion with a lot of facts before when we talked about the Rams. I don't have to do it and again. He's put I don't, you to bed these no, last couple hasn't. weeks. He's beating, Arizona. He's beat 87, three no, touchdowns, zero picks. He's beat. He's beating the Jaguars team who I don't care. Forget about the Jaguars. I don't care about that. Arizona, Arizona just lost Arizona. to Detroit. I'm really. Oh, they're the yeah. best oh, worst team, though. This. So who cares? They're still, nice, bro. They're, they're, they're still one of the worst teams, though. They're, they're, just because they're the best worst team doesn't mean they're not a bad team. I'm going after you. They're still a bad team. Listen, we're just taking care of your narrative. Like, we're going with what you're saying. Look, Matthew Stafford. I am not sold on him. Come on now. And come playoff time, we're going to see. Because actually, this next team we're going to talk about, I'm sold on more than the Rams. Let's hear it. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. Hey. The San Francisco 49ers are contenders. They are. And if if, the only teams I can see them not beating are the Packers, and that's it. They can beat the Cowboys, the Bucks, Arizona, the Rams. Who can't the Niners beat? I don't think they can beat the Bucs. They have an elite offensive line. They, they have weapons on the outside. Brandon Ayuk is finally getting featured. Correct. They have a running game. George Kittle, one of the Peace. best tight ends in the NFL. And everybody loves to knock Jimmy G. But Jimmy G's having a fantastic season. And he has one of the best records by a starting quarterback since 2000. Number one is Mahomes at 25-6. and six. He wins 81% of his road games. Jimmy G's at 18 and 5 at 78%. I thought winning wasn't a QB stat, bro. Jimmy G Ooh. is a road warrior. I thought he was. That's I thought what it he wasn't. Is. Listen, I thought winning yeah, wasn't a QB stat. You said earlier in the stat. show, too. It's, it's not a QB stat. Come on now. It's not Come a QB on stat. I, listen, I think I give the benefit of the doubt because the quarterback is the most important position on a football field. So why do you care about Stafford it's so not, much about not, not winning look, against 500 look, look, teams? It's, it's, not, it's not a QB stat, but I'll tell you this. You look at these names right here. Mahomes is one. Jimmy G's two. Lamar's three. Brady's four. Payne's five. He's in company with a lot of great quarterbacks. I'm and he's not, the worst one on that list. He's de- he definitely is. I'm not saying Jimmy G is a great elite quarterback because he is not that. But Jimmy G is a good quarterback who can win you games. And when you couple Jimmy G with one of the best offensive minds in football and Kyle Shanahan, Correct. you can win playoff games. He's already shown when healthy, when this Niners team has been healthy, they can make it to the Super Bowl. And Nick Bosa is comeback player of the year. He's been one of the best defensive ends this season. They have a great front four. You said their secondary isn't that good. They've been playing really solid. And in the slot, they got some guys like Kwan Williams, who's a, who's a solid corner. Barrett's the 49- out for the season, correct? Barrett, yeah, he is out. But he's been out like since yeah, week one. That's a fact, yeah, though, but that's mess. a huge loss for them. No, but they've had, you know, Emmanuel Mosley is there. Kwan Williams is there. I mean, they still have some guys there. Fred Warner is still there. He's fantastic. Drake Greenlaw just came back. Like, he's been come, he's been back from injury for a while now. The 49ers are contenders. because Not only because I think they have one of the more, more balanced teams in the NFL, but Kyle Shanahan, I trust him week in and week out to cultivate a 
genius game plan to go up against any defense. And I know we had a segment about Kyle Shanahan not being a top 10 coach. I was out of my mind. <laughs> throw it away. Take Kyle, that video. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, we apologize to Kyle Correct. Shanahan. He's Sorry, one of the bro. best in the game. Love you. Because when he has a healthy roster, he's a damn good coach. Yeah. And It took some weeks for them to get healthy, and when yeah. we've seen what happened when they get healthy. The 49ers are legit, and they're, they can— you know what team can't they beat in the NFC? Even see, the Packers, they can I beat see the, the Packers, Packers and Bucks. Those are the only two teams that I would definitely take over the, the 49ers. Niners. Can, can the Niners the, not the beat divisional the Packers? Game. I don't think they can. They already faced them this year, and it was a close game. The Packers won, but it was a very close game. It, it was, was very close. I know. I, the only reason I don't say the Rams because the divisional game. So anything could happen. But they beat the Rams already. Though. They no, smacked them. I agree. They smacked. Them. No, they that's why I don't have them. San Fran. But oh San yeah, Fran that matters great. so much. It does. Oh, it, does. It, does. it matters. It matters a little bit. They was playing in California. They're going to be playing in California when they go to SoFi. Listen, the they, same got, they got smacked around. SoFi isn't necessarily a home field it's advantage. Not, it it's not home field. Still, it's different. You're sleeping in your own bed. You're not telling me San Fran fans are traveling to SoFi. Oh, that's hell. They probably are. But San Fran's getting hot the right time, bro. They won five out of the last six. Kittle's come back, been phenomenal. He's averaging. Six receptions, 90 yards per game, and six touchdowns since he's been back. And obviously being the one, one of the best blocking tight ends as well. And like you mentioned, Jimmy G's been phenomenal this season. Compared to his 2019 season when they went on the Super Bowl run. You know, and he was good that year. Yeah, yeah. he was. Um, this year compared to 2019, he's averaging 244 yards this year, 240 in 2019. He has an 18 to 8 touchdown interception ratio this year, 27 to 13 in 2019. He also has his highest yards per attempt and highest yards per completion in his career along with one of the best offensive lines. So the 49ers, I mean, when you're going into this playoff push, I've said it multiple times, if you're getting hot, win five of the last six, you could run the ball. You have a good offensive line. You have an above-average quarterback. You have an elite head coach. You could get after the passer. This is one of those 49ers teams who is getting hot at the right time. They could go on a little run here, especially because we've already seen they could beat the, the Rams. They've been competitive with the Packers. So, I mean, I give them just as good as a chance. Now, they're probably still going to be a wild card team, so they're going to have to go on the road probably the entire playoffs. But, I mean, it's really hard to count them out the way they've been playing over the last month and a half. Their defense has been really solid, too. Six fewest total yards given up this season. Jimmy G has been solid. I'm not going to continue to reiterate. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned Debo Samuel's name at all. I figured that that's just an obvious given. He's been fantastic it is on, the, on the receiving end. And running back as well, he can do everything. He's a, a, a jack of all trades, a Swiss Army knife at the receiver position. I don't know if I'm ready to say that they're on the level of the Packers. Buccaneers, I'm going to give them the edge because they have that playoff experience. And Brady. And Brady, of course. That being said, it is true. I it, The Niners can put up a fight against any team. I, if I'm going team for team, I'm probably going to only take the Packers over them truthfully, other than my Ramley. Um, the Bucks, but I'm saying they could beat the Bucks. I there's legitimately no team that they can't beat. It's possible they could beat the Packers, but I'm saying I, in a game I would pick the Packers, but I think the Niners could beat them as well. Maybe I just have Tom Brady PTSD, man. I'm not betting against that man, except like the Packers are the I mean, only team. He's beatable. It's not like he's won every single year. It seems like it, bro. But like it does seem like it. Yeah, but it if, if it's a one guy that can maybe slay him is. Jimmy G. That would be poetic, man. That would be poetic. Jimmy now, G I, gets I'm gonna say his this revenge. Though. Before the season, I said, because we got to remember, in 2019, Jimmy G leads the 49ers to the Super Bowl, and he's the new shiny toy in town. He's like, oh, Jimmy G, look at this. First year starting. Patriots should have kept them, all this, all that. There was a lot of that noise. They even interviewed him in the Super Bowl, Aaron Andrews, and it was an awesome interview. 2020, he's injured, and he... Misses basically the entire year. 
everybody forgot about Jimmy G and thought he was just a Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, which he's not. He's much better than that, actually. Now this year, Kyle Shanahan's only won with Jimmy G. You look at all the quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan has had. Granted, they haven't been ex- exceptional ones. He's only won with Jimmy G. Yeah. Jimmy G is better than a lot of people give him credit for. And before the season, when I was watching film, because I, you know, in the offseason, I watched a lot of film on you know teams during the year. I said Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a bounce back year. He's going to have a big time year. It took a while for him to do it, but that's my guy, man. That's Jimmy G. So we talked about it early in the year. How would you feel if the Broncos? I feel like that's a quarterback that could be on your radar if you don't get a Deshaun or you know. A, I actually, a Russ I or wanted, something. I wanted the Broncos to get Jimmy G. Like, is, how do you feel about? Because I think that's that's a huge upgrade, a, oh, yeah. a pretty significant upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. Significant, and he's handsome. Is, and he's handsome he's as hell. Arguably the most handsome in the yeah, league for sure. for sure. You could definitely sell tickets, putting him on posters in Ohio. Oh, I'm buying that jersey instantaneously. That being said, significant, strong. It's not significant. It's it not is, significant. It, he's it's better. Upgrade. He's it's an upgrade, significant, strong. I don't know, bro. I think you get Jimmy G. He's also are... behind the best O line, arguably the best O line in football. One of the better O lines, I he, should say. There's so many scenario. good O lines. He this is year. in a great scenario. You understand? Like he's really he has arguably the best left tackle in Trent Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That line as a whole has just been solid all year long. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is his offensive coordinator. When it comes to the quarterback guru, I don't know if there's anyone more talented than Kyle Shanahan. Just look at the guys that he's coached up and, and made them who they are. That's Kirk fair. Cousins, uh, uh, Matt Ryan. He didn't coach Kirk Cousins up. Well, in Washington. That was in did. Washington. No, actually, Kirk Cousins, when he took over as starter, Shanahan was not there. He was in Atlanta by then? So yeah. Then, what, RG3's Shanahan, rookie season? Yeah, that's, when, that's Kirk, when Shanahan bro. was there. I thought he was with I Kirk, too, man. Now, nah, a lot of people say that, but Kirk didn't He didn't really play when Shanahan was there. Well, either way, Matt Ryan was MVP. They went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. It, he's in a great scenario. So I would say he's an upgrade over Teddy, but I wouldn't say significant. But it would be nice to have him. Yeah. Can't say it wouldn't be. Great stuff. So next team up, the Minnesota Vikings. What are they? Pretenders or contenders? You know what? Start with yourself, bro. Yeah, I would please. love to hear what you have to say. The Vikings have been a team that I'm very high on the entire season. <laughs> and just the fight and grit that they've they have, they possess every single week losing these close battles and these ba- these these battles are close they're they're really close Minnesota's one of those teams that I look at and I'm like they may not win the battles but they'll win the war and the Vikings to me are built tough and that's why I got to say that they're pretenders but they'll win a playoff game they they're pretenders but they'll win a playoff game and I think if they make the playoffs, they're gonna upset any. They're gonna whatever team they face, they're gonna upset them. So you better be crossing your crossing your fingers and hoping it's not the Rams. They're gonna upset the Bucks. Hmm, mm, right. There's a chance. There's a chance. I mean, there's a chance. There's for a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a chance. You better cross your fingers. They don't face the Rams. They'll upset them. The Cowboys. They'll upset. Are they even gonna make the playoffs? If say. they face Arizona. They're going to upset them. Right now, they're in the playoffs, actually. I, yeah. No, I know that. But the Saints but, and Eagles are right on their and tail. And Dalvin just went into COVID protocol. He's not vaccinated. He's, He's not, not they got, playing. They got Kenny Niguanu. And I like, did see your what, tweet about him being Madison? better than Ma- Madison's fine. Uh, He's going to get get of the Come carries, on. No? What made you think that Nguanu is better He's than fast Alexander as hell. Madison? Give you that. He's fast, but Alexander Madison He's can do it yeah. out of the pass, ca- uh, pass catching role and out of the backfield regardless. 
He's better than him. I, I look. I just look at. I look at but, their games and what they. How which they is play. why I can't understand how you Say, don't Madison think Madison has shown that he could he's, step in and be great. He's, I don't, he's I, baby I, Dalvin. I wish no, I was kidding. Not, no, no, he's, he's baby no, he's Dalvin. He Mad, legit, no, he's not, bro. Madison doesn't no, he have the burst. Is. Madison doesn't have the burst. Well, then he has good. the yards per carry. Madison is Madison is is good, but he doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have that burst, and that's why I don't think he's that, to my, as good as To my original won. point of them not making the playoffs, they have the Rams this week without Dalvin. They're beating them. Who, okay, if you do believe that, then maybe I don't have them winning. Next week against the Packers in Lambeau They're Field. They're winning that game. And they, they have to beat the Bears. They're winning that game, too. If any, I'm giving them against the Bears. I don't see them beating the Rams. I don't see them beating the Packers. You just told you just, you just just basically told me to go on 3-0. No, all right. Whatever you say, one and two, and the Eagles have been playing very good football. Saints kind of got screwed this uh, with this most recent news about both their quarterbacks going to COVID protocol, both uh, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. Ian Book's so gonna they're going to fall, but the Eagles have been playing very well. Uh, Ian Book, yeah. yeah, making his first career start. That's, that's good. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be and something. Let's look at this this Eagles schedule really quick. The Eagles have the Giants, Washington, and the Cowboys to end the year. They could go two and one. The Vikings go one and two. They can lose all three too. I don't see them losing all three. Well, they go. Did you lose say who the Vikings play? Sorry, they play the Rams, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bears. One and two. That's what I'm saying. That's three and zero. Oh, That's brutal. All right, be bro. real. Be real. That's be real. Brutal. Be real. Three and zero. Oh, be real. Just be real. Yeah, right. Two and one. Sorry. Yeah. They'll beat the Rams though for sure. For uh, sure. Yes. Bro. This weekend, without you're Dalvin, see. bro, is yes. Thielen supposed to play? Yeah, he's playing. Are you sure about that? He's mine. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Don't search it up, man. Right, don't right, search right, it up, right. man. All right, listen. The Eagles have been playing very good football. They play the Giants, who have not been playing very good football, even though they did beat uh, the Eagles earlier this season. He has a season. chance to play. That's exactly. That's chance. what I'm saying. He's going to play. The Giants <laughs> got a chance. Bro. got a chance he's playing. The Giants did beat them earlier in the season, but now they're in Philly. I think Philly could come out with the W there. At Washington, they dominated Washington when they played in this most recent. So, uh, just to, so you guys don't think the Vikings are contenders. No, yeah, no way, pretenders. no way. There's Come just too on. many teams And what other about teams these teams, Eagles, Saints, Washington, pretenders. all pretenders? Yeah, 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 no. for sure. I was searching it up, and actually, in 2012, Kyle Shanahan was the OC. Washington went 10-6. and six. That was RG3's rookie year. Next year, in 2013, Kyle Shanahan is the OC. They go 3-13. and 13. Robert Griffin starts 13 games. Wasn't very good. Then the very next year, in 2014, they leave. Sean McVay is the OC. Uh... And Kirk, Kirk is sure. wow, that's cool. And Kirk starts at, Kirk starts five games and throws ten touchdowns, nine picks, and stuff. basically in in twenty fifteen, Kirk Cousins started the entire year and threw twenty nine touchdowns, eleven picks. Okay, so, so Sean, Sean McVay, McVay is yeah. mostly developing. Okay. Kirk can't complain. No, I mean, not at all. Say if you can, I'm Shanahan, I'll take McVay. Yeah, me too. Definitely. So we're gonna go on and talk about Tua Tagovailoa. Tunga Vailoa, right? Thank Tunga. you. Tunga. Drew, you know, we're this is a, this is a weekly topic that we're going to have about the Dolphins until they Love lose it. eventually. Love it, which is not going to happen. Grading Tua's performance against the Jets, Jets along with Zach Wilson. I'll start with you, Drew. Okay. Give me your grade for how well Tua played. I gave him a C plus. Now, if we're going based off the first quarter, it's an F minus. He was horrible. That first quarter, the entirety of it, I didn't. I saw minimal good throws, maybe one or two at the absolute max. That first interception that he had was bad. He threw it off balance. He he had a little bit more time than he thought. That throw was atrocious. De- Devontae Parker was right there. All he had to do was just take take his time, set his feet, make the throw. He hits Devontae, no problem. But he throws it into to a sea of of jets, and that was an interception. 
Then the second quarter started. Immediately, the first play as the second quarter starts is a brand new Tua. He puts a dime to Devontae Parker. And Joel was trying to say that Devontae Parker did all the work. That throw was perfect. The sideline throw, right? It, like the le- it was it was kind of deep. It was kind of a, a, a crosser, but Devontae Parker was coming across the field. But it it's was like the a, left side of the end zone fake. Is it, you're talking about that throw? No, it was it, no, it was a throw. Two is throwing the ball to the left side of the field. Devontae Parker's coming from across the field. Yeah. He puts it over the corner. Over the the safety takes uh, takes control of Devontae Parker. He fits it perfectly right in between the two. Devontae Parker makes a great catch for sure, but that throw was perfect. That second quarter was a whole new Tua. He he made a bunch of good throws on the sideline. Very accurate. Then uh, the only issue that I have with the, the second half would be that pick six. Now, the pick six, I watched it a bunch of times to see if it was really a bad throw. I, I can't say it was a bad throw more so as I give credit to the corner who just broke on the ball very well. You Rookie look, of the week. I, what's Brandon his name? Eccles. Brandon Eccles. He made a very good break on the ball. I watched it to make sure I wasn't tripping out. He put it exactly where he wanted to put it. The corner just broke on the ball very well. The one thing I want to say why I gave Tua a C plus was because every time he made a mistake, he bounced back very well. That touchdown that he had to Wilkins, the pressure was just right in his face. All game, the Jets were swarming to it. This O-line is as advertised. It's horrible. The worst O-line in the league. It is so bad that the Jets are getting pressure on Tua. The touchdown to Wilkins, you see it. As soon as the play develops... The D lineman made a great jump. Comes off the tackle, yeah. is like fingertips length away from Tua. Tua co- takes a step back, throws the ball to Wilkins with another defender that is coming from that left side as well. Hits Wilkins, scores the touchdown. Now he has the pick six. The game's tied at this point. Tua has the, bo- the has the ball to take the lead against the Jets. Now coming in again, he should not have been in p- this position, but regardless, he put himself in a hole. But each time. He came back and was better than the last drive. And that's what you want out of a, a young quarterback. Where he makes his mistakes, you want to see him bounce back immediately and forget like it never happened. That entire drive, great throw after great throw, pinpoint accuracy basically outside of that pick six. And again, that pick six was accurate. The corner made a great break. That ball to Devontae Parker was perfect. That, that slant, again, pressure right in his face. The, the alignment is big body, just ready to swarm to a... He doesn't show any fear, stays in that pocket, throws a strike to Devontae Parker, touchdown. So the stat line wasn't fantastic, only 196 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but I love the resilience he showed this game. So I give him a C plus. If not for that first quarter, we'd be looking at a B minus B. The first quarter really brings him down and why people were so quick triggered to say Tua had a terrible game. The pick six didn't didn't help either. And to a casual fan who doesn't watch Tua throw the ball or, you know, really take the time to to observe the whole game, you could just look based off stats solely that this game wasn't the, the greatest. But Tua was resilient this whole game. So I'll give him a C plus. Giving Tua a C. That's being generous. Two picks, two touchdowns, pick six to Eccles. You say that was a great throw. Yeah, no, it was, no, it was no. A, I didn't say it was a great throw. I you, said it was a great break by the corner. Did you see what uh, they said something on Instagram. Michael Carter II, the rookie corner, actually— Who got ran one, over? Yeah, he did. Okay, okay. He was the one who told Eccles, watch out for this. This is what they're going to run. And that's why he jumped around there we and got go. the pick six. There we go. And it happened because— the one that got ran over, he did. Michael yeah, Carter. Yo, he, and then, then he said, yo, come yeah. on. He's now. having a great year. Come though, on. Who, Michael Carter? Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, it's because Michael Carter knew, look, Tua, it's easy to read this guy. And he's a rookie. So That's he why said, I'm glad Tua ran He said, he said Eccles, be here. The ball is going to come here. And Tua, I don't know. He probably thought Eccles was on his team. He said, take this. Eccles caught it. 
pick six, he ran all the way. Tua, I'll give him a C. You basically said a lot of it. 59% completion percentage. It, it's amazing that, you know, once they start asking Tua to throw the ball a little bit more down the field, the completion percentage goes down. You know what was crazy? A lot of his throws, he, a lot of these throws were balls more than the zero to nine yards that you guys love to say that that's all he does. A lot of passes that were in that 11 to 15, that 20 plus yardage, he made some solid, accurate throws. And you know what's the thing? You talk about the Dolphins line is at is as advertised. I didn't think we got much pressure. As a Jets fan watching, I didn't think we got much pressure. Well, they didn't throw the ball that much because if we didn't talk about we Duke Johnson. let a Dolphins running back, Duke Johnson, rush for Violated 100 well, yards. Well, you guys are the worst rush defense in the league. Yeah, the worst they, everything. We 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 should not gash like that, especially with the offensive line, the Dolphins offensive offensive line being that bad. On to Zach Wilson. I'm going to give Zach Wilson a C. Same grade I give Tua. I didn't know I had to grade Zach he, Wilson. I thought we were going one He was one, He was just as good as Tua, in my opinion. And Oh, disagree. Disagree. What are you saying? Just as good? <laughs> yes. Stop it. And he was just Stop. as good because Stop. I look at Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the stats don't pop out at you. But not at all. What you do see with Zach is that you see resilience. You see toughness. And... Most of the time was Zach. This guy that you <laughs> accused Tua of being was who Zach Wilson was against the Dolphins. This is Yo, you're the only one who can make 13 of 23 for like 150 yards be a, be Dude, a good game. Dude, he was terrible. No, 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 no. Go no, on, but no, go no, on, no. go on. In the first half, Zach Wilson was, he got a rhythm. He was completing a Agreed. lot of throws. He was in rhythm. Then for some reason, the offense got kind of weird. The offensive play calling was horrible. The routes weren't good. The route combinations weren't good. They were running two guys on the slant on the same side. The offensive line didn't hold up. Zach Wilson made some inaccurate throws. He he overshot some balls. There's no doubt about it. He made some bad throws. He also threw some strikes that were dropped, like the one the one to Keelan Correct. Cole on third down. Zach just didn't have much of a chance. I mean, you had Keelan Cole out there, Jameson Crowder. Uh, I don't even Denzel Mims, who Denzel Mims is the biggest disappointment of all the Jets' young players. <laughs> And they're facing good corners in the Dolphins. This, this, and I'm not laughing hard. at Zach Wilson to say he played as good as Tua. Like Tua made significantly better throws than Zach Wilson did. Not even well, I would, I would, I would hope so. He had better talent around him to do and it. The, the Jets got four pressures on Tua. The and the uh, Miami had six sacks. Correct. I understand. Like Zach Sealer. Zach Sealer. It was a lot of the run that was the big reason left, why the Dolphins our had left success. tackle. And our interior the office line was getting beat. Zach Sealer was dominating wherever he was lined up the entire game. McDermott. Then you look at Jalen Phillips. He was getting his way with Connor he McDermott. Was. He was. I mean, Zach really didn't have much time to throw at all. Like, what is he supposed to do there? Yes, he made some throws that I thought should have been accurate. But what is he supposed to I'm lo- I'm looking at the All-22, and I'm like, what is Zach supposed to do here? Every receiver is blanketed. There were like four coverage sacks. I'm like, what is he supposed to do? Really, What, what is he supposed to do? What did I tell you? We were at we were at Drew's party. And what did I tell you, man? I told you this. I said, listen, Zach's gonna have a clean game. You did. And you were like, yeah, okay. I'll be surprised if that, that happens. second half was not. I'm, clean. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. Zach Wilson versus the Dolphins. No the Dolphins are a turnover heavy heavy team. As a Jets fan, an A plus game for me is Zach not throwing one interception in the game. And what about the fumble? What he's supposed to do? I'm just asking. That, you said, I know, I know. I'm, the fumble was okay. That's a turnover. But what is he supposed to do? A, a receiver's breaking it on his route. Zach's about to throw it, and now 
He just has he has guys all over him. My one, draped on my him. one positive from watching the game was Zach Wilson's ability to scramble inside the pocket and get away from sacks. The one play that he had that was great was that he's scrambling to his right. He made he a, breaks a, away. a yes. few really nice plays. And that jump and throw to right, who's your tight end? Ryan Griffin. Was, I don't know if it was Ryan Tyler Griffin. Croft. Was Tyler Croft. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Croft. That play was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson made a bunch of plays bunch, off schedule. Easy, he easy. made two big-time off-schedule plays correct. that I'm like... Tua can't do that. You're lying. Yeah, I said it. You're I lying. said Tua can't You're do lying, that. You're lying because I saw it this weekend. Uh, I don't and know, I, I'll, say, I'll say this, though. Tua Zach can't Wilson, do that. Zach Come Wilson, we, we have now seen Zach back-to-back weeks versus the Saints and Dolphins, very good defenses, not turn the ball over, Correct. at least on an interception. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. fumbles are going to happen, you know, pockets collapsing, but not on interceptions. And for me, that's enough for me to give him a C. I might just, but then I might just, give I might just give him, him a, a C. I might just curve his grade. Give him, I'm gonna give him an A. <laughs> Look, you got me. You got I'm gonna give him an A because he didn't turn the ball over. Yes, we didn't score touchdowns, but he had a touchdown rushing. And this is what I hate about the Jets coaching staff: give Zach an easy passing touchdown in the in the red zone, please. Build his confidence up. When I when I when the season ends. And I go to Zach Wilson's stats on Google, and I search up his stats. I don't want to see six touchdowns to 11 picks with five rushing touchdowns. I want to see 13 touchdowns, 11 picks. I want those passing touchdowns to be up. And this weekend against Jacksonville, you best believe that's going to happen. All right, you guys done? I, I always like let you two go at it for a little bit before You're I even hate her, man. It's but, disgusting. Uh. To give Tua a C and Zach Wilson the same grade is crazy. It, no, it's not. At the minimum, it's you not. should give Tua a B minus then. Because there's no way you could get away from this game and think Zach Wilson played as good as Tua. There's no way. He did. There's no way he did not. He did. he did not. Because, again, when Tua made his mistakes, and you to say that Zach Wilson made no mistakes, you're lying. Uh, made, he, no, I, I never said he made no mistakes. I said he was clean. Turns he didn't have an interception. I he, guess he should have had really one, but okay, he he didn't have an interception. He been, he played a clean game. I mean, Joel, you you probably thought Zach was gonna throw like three picks. Yeah, we were. T- I was talking to your he dad. He should have had a pick. There were so many balls that were that were dropped by the defenders. There was one <laughs> pick he should have had. That's about it. That's I was talking to your dad. We were like, if we're within fourteen points, it's a good game. And yeah, hey, we came within seven. But yeah, no, Zach had a decent game. He only yeah, had, I want to say, did. two turnover worthy plays. Let me see if I, I, gave I can him find C it. C plus, and I regret it. I regret it. because of you. I regret. It. I oh, was no. honest. I felt I gave my integrity to this. He take. had zero turnover worthy plays for the second uh, second week in a row. So not only is he not throwing any interceptions or turnovers, he's also not you know getting Putting unlucky himself, yes. or exactly. Um, I kind That's of debatable though. I watched the game and I saw one that was tipped that the defender could have easily made a play on and just dropped it. I have some similar thoughts to you guys. They're both in the C range, right? Whatever you want to say, C minus to C plus. Neither of them had Can't great games. You, I, I have a little bit more to take away from Tua just because Zach is, I don't know. I just give Zach some more leeway because you're right. I do think Tua has oh, more no. to work with. They're playing a much worse Waddle defense. Wasn't, Waddle, Waddle wasn't even on the field. And Devontae, Devontae Parker, Parker who, you say, is a guy, is who a, you say is a guy, burnt your boy Hall. He did him in. Okay, cool. Bro, we didn't have, we didn't have Elijah Moore. We didn't have Corey players, Davis. Bro. We had, right. we had, we had, regardless like, of that, but I'm just saying, Jameson, I've heard Crowder, this guy. Braxton Berrios I've heard and Keelan Cole. And Braxton Berrios, shout out to him. He's he, a made some very, he made some good plays. Regardless of that, he he was your most explosive offensive weapon. And, and it's Braxton yeah, Berry. Like I, you I hear what you're saying, right? I understand. But, okay. but their, their offensive line is worse than yours, and that's saying something. Yeah, sure. But you're also playing the worst defense in the league. We're playing Correct. one of the better Correct. defenses Correct. over the last two I months. Agree. I agree. So from Tour's perspective, yes, he started off the game terribly. Literally the third snap of the game, he had some sort of RPO concept. Yes. He fumbled the ball. He had the tight end open in the flat. It, it didn't work out. Yeah. I don't know if it's a running back's fault, if it was Tua. I kind of think if you're the quarterback, you have to pull the ball out of that that running back's gut and throw it to your tight end. But 
Um, after that, he went three and out in that first drive. Second drive was even worse. He threw that interception. Devontae Parker, I don't know what he was looking at. He completely missed Devontae Parker. Yeah, there was like, I saw three Jets jerseys, so I'm not sure if there was some miscommunication. If he thought he was running a curl and he ran out. That's what, really what it was. Whatever, whatever it might be. And then that third possession, he had Robert uh, Albert Wilson wide open for like a 75-yard touchdown. It was a rough first quarter. And he under just him. he underthrew him pretty bad. And he had like, he did face pressure. Yep, he did. But he had time to set his feet and put his all into it. And that's one thing I do worry about Tua. That's where I, Zach can make that throw. He has, he has can better easily. Yeah, he has much. Be, he has much better arm talent than Tua because we've seen that exact throw against Tennessee. A very similar one. Tua's <laughs> ro- rolling out to the left yeah. side. It's his strong arm. He has time to set his feet, and he misses Albert Wilson for a huge touchdown there. That one hurt me. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, he had him. <sighs> but but then and that when, fourth, when, when Tua throws it, you kind of feel like. <gasps> No, like when, that's when Zach not Wilson true. Throws it, when Zach Wilson I, throws it, I agree, bro. When I, Zach Wilson throws it, you know how it is. I think it's effortless. His it's all into almost every throw, and it's I, I yes, Zach looks like a much more natural thrower. And listen, it's not the end of the world. Like Herbert looks very mechanical when he throws too, but he just like he just his arm is just ridiculous. That doesn't really matter. But Tua does look like he puts his all into almost every throw. Let him get a line. It's scary hours. It's scary hours. He, he bounced back, though. Fourth yes. possession turned around. A, a beautiful dot to Devontae Parker on that left oh, side. He was, like, on gorgeous. the five-yard line. Um, he had a nice throw to Isaiah Ford later in the game as well. That the, was right yeah. in the bread basket. Yeah, that, that, that was, was great. Yeah, that, that was, was a great was throw. Um, was but great. overall, 59% completion percentage, less than 200 yards, two interceptions. pretty sure he's number one now in completion percentage in the NFL. All, fit, all 59%? I'm, he's so, I'm, he's number down. one now. I'm, I'm giving Tua, like, a C. I'm giving both of them a C. C. How can you give both of them the same grade? Uh, because, I don't know, I look at Zach's game, and they started off, it was very simple, right? They were giving him some, like, confidence-building throws. I thought they gave him a lot of a lot of stuff that I want to see, a lot of stuff in the flat. Um, to tight ends and to running backs. He didn't complete. This is the one area that did worry me, which was almost Tua-esque. Zach didn't complete a pass beyond 10 yards, and 76% of his yards came after the catch. The so, guy you, was, you accused Tua of being, Zach Wilson was, against the Dolphins, 100%. Yes. So, yes, this was not... Defense did a great job. What this is not say? Zach's best game, but he's also playing with a depleted O-line because we were, we were missing George Fan, who was playing left tackle all year. Connor McDermott... Is is not a left tackle. He is not good. This that was one of the worst games I've ever seen from a left tackle. But this is one of the most mobile I've ever seen Zach play. I mean, Zach was Correct. making play after Correct. play. He was making guys miss in the backfield. He yeah. was getting you know rushing yards, and he was really looked very mobile. Something that we really haven't seen too much this season, at least not to this um, you know to this extent. Correct. And and then I don't know what happens. There's something weird with the Jets, man. They either start off hot and like the Eagles were touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They can't figure it out. They start off slow. They can't put together a complete game because in this game, can't put together a complete game. Yes, because we have I, me. Listen, it is my fault. I put a lot of praise on the floor, <laughs> but he's had some moments where I'm like, bro, what's going on? Like I, he does have some creative times, like that play to Barrios where he had a little uh, drag to, to Crowder. He threw it to Barrios. He get like 20 yards in there. That was awesome. And if Keelan Cole throws a better ball, Zach Wilson has a receiving touchdown. That throw yeah. was garbage. Yeah, it was bad. But still, like I don't know, receiver throwing the ball. But again. <laughs> The You're Jets. Lucky. Zach wasn't catching that. He's a kid's A plus. Stop it. You're lucky. The Your Jets did nothing. The Jets started off hot. They had a touchdown field goal in their next two pos- in their first two possessions. But after that, I thought LaFleur I- kind of got in his own way. I thought that the first red zone trip where he kind of had that swing pass to Barrios, it was obvious. Barrios comes across. We see it's it's zone because no one follows Barrios. I mean, you could disguise it, I guess, but no one picks him up. So you know that zone, that's not really a play that's going to work against zone. That's something where you could beat it against man, possibly have a blocker out there. That didn't that that didn't up um, you end know up. doing so well. Mm-hmm. End up doing well. 
there was a, a ton of blocking issues. There was one where I saw Miami had five rushers, the Jets had six blockers, and for some reason there was just a blocker or, or a blitzer came right through, and Michael Carter had to pick it up. Michael Carter was not able to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, McDermott, there was one play where he just completely missed on. I, don't, I really don't know how he did it. Like he he set up as a left tackle. He has a defensive end on the left side. He has a defensive, I guess, interior defensive lineman on the right side. He blocks the interior defensive lineman. The left end comes right through and sacks Zach Wilson like it was nothing. And Miami's defensive line just dominated. They had 14 pressures, thir- three sacks, six sacks as a whole. It was a very Zach Wilson-esque game where he showed flashes. He had a couple really nice plays. But all in all, it, and as it, a rookie, wasn't, that's what's happen. it wasn't incredibly impressive. But yes, he is a rookie. He's down his top two receivers. He's down a ton of old linemen. Yeah. I'm giving I just give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt than Tua because Tua's situation, while he does have a terrible O line, hundred percent, you're playing the worst defense in the league Correct. with better weapons. And I mean, look, if you look at this offensive line the Jets put out last week or this, you know, last Sunday, it's not that much it's, better than yeah, Miami. I agree. I agree. Um I should have came on here spicy. Jets choked, Tua had a great game. I should have, man. I should have. Too late now. This guy, man, I try to do the analytical proper thing to my integrity on my name. And this guy, and you as well, if I'm being honest. What, bro? Both of them getting the same grade is insanity. No, it's not. It's 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 insanity. Because, listen, hear me out. Tua had a rough start. And Tua of last year would have continued to be mediocre the entire game. He was not. He bounced back after that pick. That second quarter, he starts off on fire, puts him in position to 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 score a touchdown. Duke Johnson, as great as he was, no doubt about it, he gets a good portion of the the credit for this amazing. win. I'm not going to say that that's wrong, but Tua had to win this game for them down the stretch, and he did. Yeah. So why is he getting the same grade as Zach? Zach did they, nothing to help. Neither you guys. of them were that good. But like they're they were both not good. So, like, sure, do you want me to give Tua, Tua a C not plus good. and Tua Zach was, a C? You're, you're telling me Tua didn't have really great moments sometimes? So did Zach. When? What? He had... Bro, he, what do you mean? Hold the, on. What? Hear me out. Hear me out. The play that, where he yes, ran for the first yes. down and, and that called was, for extra yards? That was really nice. So then, all right. And Tua, then that Tua trick running, play as well, Tua running that ball over. Throwing to, running to his right, throwing it back to the left? Like, the, Tua's not doing that. Tua can't make those guys miss. Not in the backfield. He can't, bro. I'm sorry. He can't. Messed up. God, man. Like Tua's just not. He as... did it one time. He had one really, really nice play. Let, let's talk. Zach let's did talk it twice. About... Making it... guys miss in the backfield. Uh, I don't know. Well, let's man. talk. Let's talk about something good here, and that's that DraftKings is Facts. having great promotions. Right, football fans. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And it makes more sense to make to do pick them right after the DraftKings. I'm with app. it. Let's do so it. Let's do our NFL picks for this week, week 16. 49ers versus Titans. First game is going to be tonight, Thursday Night Football. Yep. Who wins this game? Niners have been cooking. Titans... 
I just don't see it happening. I get that they're home. Vrabel is a good enough coach to to put his guys up against anyone and put them in position to win this game. But I just think the Niners are playing great football, better football than the Titans, and I think the Niners take this one. I think the Titans surprise some people in this game with AJ Brown back. I think um, you know at home they have to. I think they need a prove it game to themselves and to everyone else, me included. I, I don't really believe in them that much, but I think they're gonna have a statement win tonight. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G right is a road warrior. He is going to get it done on the road. Browns versus Packers. Packers. <sighs> Christmas Day. It's going to be a good game, surprisingly, but I think the Packers win. I'm going with the Packers, and I'll say this. Aaron Rodgers just needs one more touchdown to break Brett Favre's Packers touchdown record. Devontae Adams needs just one more touchdown thrown by Aaron Rodgers for him and Adams to break the... The all-time quarterback yeah. to receiver touchdown in duo history. in Packers history right now is currently held by Jordy Nelson. If I was betting, I'm taking first score Devontae Adams. I like that, though. Give him, give him like three of those. Yeah, okay. Please. Please. <laughs> Please. Colts versus Cardinals. Ooh, my two, my this two is boys. a good game, yeah. The Colts are hot right now. They're just coming off a huge game against New England. The Cardinals haven't looked good. I'll stick with the hot team. Give me the Colts. I'm riding with the Colts. I think that the Cardinals defense has been trash lately. The rush defense hasn't been really good. And Jonathan Taylor has been fantastic. I'm going Colts. I'm going with the Colts too. Now Damn, Lions. That's not gonna that's not gonna end up well. What? We all took the Colts and the Cardinals are gonna win. Stop it. They just lost to the Lions. I don't care. And I'm going with Lions versus the Falcons. Who Colts wins? need this win. They do. So are the Cardinals. I guess. Fair, fair. It's, it's week 16. Uh, Lions, Falcons. Knows. I'm going Lions, actually. Never works out when I pick them, but hey, they've been playing really good football lately. Falcons really haven't been playing great football lately. I'm going I'm going Lions. I'll take the Lions, too. Going with the Falcons this game. Really? They, they get it done. Yeah. I'm shocked. Atlanta. The best, Matt, worst team ever. Matty Ice. I mean, yeah, they're the worst Yo, team also TikTok for a reason. comments were eating me up, Yeah, bro. they were. They were. I don't, I don't like this guy's vibe. <laughs> I don't bro, like this guy's fine because it wasn't. I don't know how that conversation even got started because it wasn't like a Detroit segment. It just got like turned into that, and I was just like, "Sure, bro, like you could take we it, were, like, whatever." We were also like three and a half hours Dead into the podcast. Yes. I was like, like I need "Yo, to that go. guy is such a vibe killer." Yeah. I never invite him to a party. That was a lion's faithful right there. They were chewing me up. I was like, "Bro, like this wasn't even a topic." I was just yeah. trying to move on. Yeah, like literally. I've been, in, I've been sitting down for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Rams versus Vikings. LA man, come on, Ramley, let's ride. I'm going with the Vikings, man. Yeah, surprise, Soccer. surprise. They're getting smoked, actually. Jaguars versus Jets. Every time I pick the Jets, we lose. Picking the Jags. I'm going Jaguars, legitimately though. I think you guys. Uh, how many people you have on COVID list? A lot. I like, thought I saw it was like 15. I was gonna say yeah. Uh, and Salah too has and COVID. If I'm the Jaguars, I want to show that I have a little bit of something. You know, show my team that we're actually good. Good or like you know, just show some kind Pretty of competitive. Flash. Correct. Thank you. That's what this I'm. This is going to be the first time the Jets have been favored since I want to say 2018 in a game. Really? Yeah. Like some wow. some ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going with the Jets this game. I think Zach Wilson's going to have a big time performance, but the Jaguars' defense is not th- that bad. They're sneaky good, and their ranking is that bad because their offense is never on the field for a long, large majority of time. But Zach Wilson, big time game. Giants versus Eagles. Eagles should win this game. Fuck. Giants playing. Uh, they don't even know. They haven't even announced if it's going to be Glennon or um, Jake Fromm. Yeah, they haven't. I want to see Fromm come in actually. Yeah, I don't know if Joe Judge thinks it's some competitive advantage. Like they're both not that great. So I'll take the Eagles. Yeah, Glennon's been absolutely atrocious. Uh, I want to see what Fromm has at least. Show me something. Yeah, sure. uh, fly Eagles fly though. They're winning this game. I'm going with the Eagles too. 
Bills versus Patriots. Why is this a one o'clock game? That sucks. I know it does suck. Believe it or not, I'm going Bills. I think that they realized they got embarrassed to a degree. The score didn't say they got embarrassed, but in my eyes, they kind of did get embarrassed. You let a quarterback throw the ball three times, and they're coming away with the W. To me, that's borderline inexcusable. I think the Bills win this game, though. I think they have something to prove, and they will. I think Belichick's pissed off that he lost on national stage to Indy. I think comes back, really good game plan, they sweep the Bills. This is one of the hardest games to pick because I think the Bills, they want to get this win badly. But the Patriots, like you said, coming off that loss to Indy, they want to get this win as well. I'm gonna go with the Bills, though. I think this 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 matchup, they split this. I don't think it's gonna be a sweep by the Patriots. I think they split, and I think the Patriots, uh, the Bills, win this game. Now, Ravens versus Bengals. Possibly no Lamar. He hasn't practiced today or yesterday. Doesn't look great, so I'll be taking the Bengals. Even though Huntley looked really okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, Huntley I, looked I, good. I wanted a little bit of mention of yeah, Huntley. Huntley looked he really was good. fantastic. Yep. Not really good. He was fantastic yeah, against sure. the Packers. 100%. Two passing, two rushing. Put the Ravens on his back that fourth quarter, those last two drives. Him and Mark Andrews, obvious. Mark Andrews was huge in, their, in his role for the Ravens having success, but Huntley deserved as... E- Equal credit for for the Ravens' success. However, going Bengals at home. Bengals want to put a stamp on this division, and I think they do so. I'm going with the Bengals, too. Now, Chargers versus Texans. Chargers. My sleeper team for the Super Bowl, man. Chargers should win this game for sure. Chargers. I got the Chargers as well. Buccaneers versus the Panthers. Bucks. There's some like little quarterback thing going on. They said Darnold's going to play a little bit, but Cam's going to start. They're a mess. Fade the Panthers rest of the season. Don't bet them to win a single game rest of the year. I'm going Buccaneers. I'm going with the Bucks too. Now, Bears versus Seahawks. Justin Fields did not practice today, actually. Really? Yes, he did not. Uh, I think Seattle Thank has God. been playing. Why? <laughs> Dalton gives them a better chance to win. Nah, you're talking crazy. Justin Fields has not been horrible. Uh, I think Seahawks have been playing very good football these last couple weeks, actually. And I think they, they continue that against the Bears. Unfortunately, I think the Seahawks win, too. I think the Bears win, and because of that, the Jets' pick is going to be higher. Yeah, that's what I'm we saying. We need the Seahawks to lose. Yeah, so Bears, I, I think, will win. Broncos versus Raiders. Again, fade the Raiders rest of the season. You don't care about that? Drew Locke. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I'm taking the Raiders in this one. Yeah? Why? Because you're Locke. starting Drew Locke. And the Raiders are He home. didn't look horrible against the Bengals, if I'm being completely honest. He didn't look terrible. That last drive, though, he did look bad. Um but I'm excited to see what our offense does. I want to see him. Uh, what do we have to lose, honestly? Sling the rock. I understand that Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are, at this point in time, the heart and soul of our offense. But let it rock. Let it fly. I want to see what Drew Locke can do down the stretch. Why not? This is one opportunity. Don't squander it. I'm going Broncos, but not because of Drew Locke, but because of Javante and Melvin Gordon. Take the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders, too. Now Steelers versus Chiefs. Steelers been playing really good football. You guys are higher on the Steelers than me, man. I don't. Whoa, he, I know it's basically me. It's basically I thought, me. I thought I saw you tweet something about Big Ben. <laughs> no, I don't think Big Ben is as washed as everybody thinks he is. Oh, I do. I'm taking Casey. Well, you thought the same thing about James Conner, fellow. I did. James Conner's a beast. Yeah. Watch Big Ben go to the Broncos next year and win, win it all. Uh, uh, I don't need that. <laughs> Not. I don't need. I don't want it at all. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going Chiefs. Go, yeah, I'm going Chiefs, but I think it's gonna be a, a surprisingly good game. I could see it. Washington versus the Cowboys. And boys, they're winning this Sunday one. Night. He's on COVID, so yeah. he's probably he should be back. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys though. 
I'm big gonna, bounce back game for their offense. I need to see Dak show me some. I need to see Amari show me some. I'm taking the Cowboys too now. Dolphins versus Saints. Dolphins caught a huge break with Taysom and Trevor Simeon both being out. I think regardless of that, I still would have picked the Dolphins. But with that on top of it, there really is no extra excuse for the Dolphins to lose this game. Other than the fact that they are going to be in New Orleans. And that's such a tough environment it to is. play in regardless. But Tua can show me some again. In a one of the most hectic environments in New Orleans... Tua has a good game. I'll be more than happy with it, but I do expect him to play well. I'll take the fence, too. I'm taking the Dolphins as well. And now, moving on from Pick'em, we're going to talk about New York football. New York football hasn't been good in a long time. The Giants have been a joke of a franchise since 2016, I will say. They haven't had a record above 500 since then. And the Jets, since 2010, we haven't made the playoffs. But this segment is about which New York team, Jets or Giants, have the brighter future going forward? And I'll start with you, Joe, because I know there's no bias in your answer. It's funny. My first my first note is, this is no bias. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, though, both of these organizations are kind of dumpster fires right now, right? I'm going to say the Jets just because I think they're ahead of the Giants right now, right? The Jets, in what sense? In the rebuild process? Yes. Okay. The Jets have admitted they're in a rebuild already, right? We're, this is year one of the rebuild. I guess really year two since Joe Douglas has come along. But year one, we have the new head coach, new quarterback. Um, I look at the Giants. They're just a little bit behind because we know they're going to be firing Gettleman at the end of the season. We've already heard reports that Joe Judge is going to be returning for next season. There's not many times where I see you bring in a new GM and he doesn't want his own head coach. So you're going to have to find a GM. You might be a little bit limited now because you need to find a GM who wants to keep Joe Judge on board. I think they're going to be, uh, this time next year, they're going to be firing Joe Judge. They're going to be looking for a new head coach. They're going to be looking for a new quarterback next year. So I, I just think they're a little bit behind in terms of their rebuild progress. I also don't think Daniel Jones has shown really anything in these three years to prove he could be a franchise quarterback. Anything? No, bro. I'm over it. He gets hurt. He hasn't been that good. He like What has he really shown that you think he could be a franchise quarterback? Now, I'm not sold on Zach, but I have a lot more faith in Zach being a franchise quarterback than Daniel Jones at this point. I don't love the contract to Kenny G. They have an issue with Saquon Barkley. What are they going to do with him? Um, and defensively, I mean, offensively, that's one thing. Defensively, they need help just about everywhere. They probably have the worst linebacking core in the NFL. James Bradbury has regressed mightily this season. Last year, he was really good. This year, he's the 62nd ranked corner in coverage. I still think edge is a need for them. They don't really have many pass rushers. Aziz Ojolari has had a bit of a disappointing rookie season. He's still young, so you know I'm not good. out on him. For a second round pick, he's been See, good. but he's I feel like those are a little misleading because... Not that Devonta Smith is a superstar right now in the NFL. He clamped him. Amari Cooper, he held him for two catches. Clamped him. Terry McLaurin, the first time he ate him. Second time, have they played? I'm pretty he sure. Hasn't been pro- he hasn't been um, man-to-man. Yes, yes, correct. He hasn't been. Because last year he was, and he yeah. was playing really well. This year he's he's having a bit of a um, you know bit of a down year. But they do have two potential top 10 picks. They have their own first-round pick, which is definitely top 10. And Chicago's is probably also going to be top 10. Um, Andrew Thomas on the bright side though Andrew Thomas is progressing he's looking like glad to share a name uh, with him yeah uh, first half of last year he looked bad second half he got a lot better this year he's even improving on that he's ranked as the ninth best pass blocking left tackle in the or tackle in general in the NFL which is great Xavier yeah, McKinney draft him yeah. yeah Xavier McKinney has also looked really good in his sec in his rookie season um, and looks like probably the starting safety for the future which the Jets definitely don't have and their interior defensive line is strong with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence so it's not all bad for the New York Giants I just think the Jets just have a little bit more 
good young players with potential to be long-term starting players on their roster than the Giants do right now. It starts with Zach Wilson. Rookie quarterback has shown flashes this year that he could be a potential franchise quarterback for them. The Giants don't have that on their roster. The Jets have ABT and Becton, who, God willing, Becton could hopefully come back. Just let me see you on the field, show you can healthy. It was a weird injury he got rolled up on with his knee. Like, that's just something to really, it's hard to, you know, to stop that from ever happening. But I think their left side of their offensive line is going to be set for years to come. Elijah Moore has shown that he could be a potential wide receiver one. Corey Davis, don't love the contract, but I'm okay with it. I think he's better than Kenny Galladay. I think he'd be a really good wide receiver too. Michael Carter, steal in the fourth round, in my opinion. Bryce Hall, Definitely. steal in the fifth round, Definitely. in my opinion. And I think LaFleur, at least, he's had his moments here and there. He's still really young, too. He's, like, in his, like, low thir- Like He might be, like, 32 years old. He's super young, going to be developing with this team as well. The defense, like the Giants, is not pretty. They need help just about everywhere outside of, like, Quentin Williams and Bryce Hall. Michael Carter's had some moments here and there. Marcus Mays, a free agent. So, I think the Mostly Jets— Mostly has been pretty good for you guys also. Uh, Mosley's yeah, had his he, moments. Yes. He's he can't cover as much as Agreed. he as as he's he once a was able to. Player. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I wish <laughs> I, I wish I see that on the field. Um, he's been okay. No, he hasn't been. That good. He hasn't been that good. No, but he's a Jets, leader though. The Jets also have two potential top ten picks as well. There's uh, Seahawks might be a little bit out. We'll see where that ends up, but. I think both teams, I think the Jets are in the right direction. I've been a big fan of Joe Douglas really since year one. Didn't have a great draft the first year, but he had a couple guys with Beckton and Bryce Hall. This year, the draft class has been much better. I have faith in the GM. I think, at least I have faith, some faith in Zach Wilson that he could be the guy. Daniel Jones is not. And at the end of the day, if you don't have the quarterback, you don't have the head coach, you don't have the GM, you're in a really rough spot. Listen, Joe Douglas missed in the 2020 draft. On like 70% of his picks. Yeah, the only two ones are Makai and Bryce Hall that yeah. he nailed. That's it. Yeah. He missed on basically all of them. He's like John is the he, he made it up for it in this draft. Okay. We'll see. The Jets have two No, he definitely hit this draft. Yeah, bro. Like what where did he miss on? The Jamie only and Sherwood. What round? Not, Five Hasma Nazardeen. I don't if you miss on, on fifth and sixth round picks, nah, okay. <laughs> those are the money rounds right there. Those are those are those are get, where you find the hidden gems. Yeah, but you need to hit on we're so bad. We need to hit on the Rounds one, two, and three first. I don't care. Like we'll worry about five and six hit on later. Everything, man. Obviously, I, I but feel it's like not the, happen. the one that people are questioning the most is your first round pick right it now. Is. I'll, easily, Ooh. our first four picks. Me- Zach the, is the biggest the question. Not I. I'm just saying. <laughs> ABT, ABT's looked really good. Elijah's looked really good. Listen, Michael listen, Carter's listen. looked really Let's good. Let's talk about the Jets and Giants right here. I'm not talking. I'm not. I don't want to get back with Joe Douglas, man. You know how I feel My about. Guy. You yeah. know how I feel about that. Your boy. Yes, he's been doing his thing. I've been on the Joe Douglas for a minute. <laughs> One of the better trades in recent memory. The arguably the best trade in Jets history. <laughs> okay, look, the Jets. We had we got two first rounders in twenty twenty two. This upcoming draft, two second rounders, one third and four fourth rounders. So we're in pretty good shape when it comes to the draft. But the Giants are in good shape too. They have two first rounders, one second, three third rounders, and two fourth rounders. They're in good shape. When I look at the Jets' young core, I look at Zach, I look at Mike Carter, I look at Elijah Moore, ABT, who I call ADT, Makai Becton, Quinnen Williams, Franklin Myers, who we gave a deal and he disappeared, Bryce Hall, Brandon Nichols, Michael Carter II. But the Giants have equally just as good as a young core, but they have guys who are proven, right? Could, is Kadarius Tony better than Elijah Moore? I think he is. I'm out. No. I'll take, I, I I'll take Elijah. Is. I think Kadarius Tony's more explosive. I'll take Elijah. Regardless, it's a toss-up, in my know, opinion. Man, that is tough. Andrew, that is a toss-up. Andrew Thomas or Makai Beckton. That's a, that's a toss-up. Beckton can't stay yeah, healthy, man. That's, that's a toss-up, Andrew Thomas, because he can stay healthy. Correct. I pick him. Dexter Lawrence. I mean, 
This guy is as good as Franklin Myers. He's not as good as Quinnen, but Dexter Lawrence is really good. Aziz Ojolari. I mean, Aziz has had a pretty solid rookie season. He hasn't been exceptional, but he's had a solid one. And Xavier McKinney. And I'm I'm not even mentioning guys who are part of their team for longer. Like, Leonard Williams is going to be there. They're getting Blake Martinez back next year. James Bradbury's still there. I mean, this Giants... Jabril, God bless. Jabril's still there. And you look at their offense. I mean, you're so low on Kenny Galladay. To say that Corey Davis is better than him, I'm disgusted you right said now that? with you. Kenny Galladay's not that good. I'm disgusted with you right Bro, now you saying that? Corey yeah. Davis is better than you're Kenny Galladay. Wilding. What is Kenny Galladay? I mean, I know Corey Davis hasn't <laughs> done much either, what but... Is, Corey Davis is a first-round bust. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. He a, was a fifth pick in the draft. I under, Okay, yes. But he's a bust for what care. he should be. But I don't that care being if said, he was a first-round so pick. Sammy like, Watkins a bust? Bro, this for where is, he was drafted, absolutely. This is, right, your, I, this is your five for Corey Davis. I don't care Mike if he was Williams drafted in the first round. trending that way, but he, he, trend, he started trending Because who's been better? I mean, I guess you got to say you got to say I'm just saying, Kenny G is better than Corey Davis. Let's stop it. Cor- Corey Davis, has, has, good, Corey Davis has not had one 1,000-yard season yet, bro. What did he do last year, though? 984. Give him a break. Uh, come on. Kenny G has two. Get, I understand, but it, and Kenny G did did it did it in 2019 with 13 games. So yeah, Kenny G's better. Okay, then then you got is three years they have now. more weapons than the Jets. They have a but even though Evan Ingram has been disappointing, they have more. They have better tight end than us. They just have more talent. They have they are a more complete team with more veterans, and they have a good combination of young players. I I have to say the Giants. I think they're really just a quarterback away from being in the playoffs. That's just it. Daniel Jones is that guy who he's holding them back, but they're really just a quarterback away from being in the playoffs. See, I can't agree with that sentiment that Daniel Jones away. the one they have. Oh, what, what, right, like Matt Stafford away, sure. All right, I'll say this. But like Jimmy G away, no. I'll say Jimmy this. Jimmy G away, they're, they're fighting for that last wild card spot. Their offensive line is still not good. Regardless of what Andrew Thomas, when he's in and out of the lineup, the, the difference is major for sure. But outside of Andrew Thomas... Nay Soldier, one of the worst contracts in Giants history, probably. He's not been that good. Will Hernandez, a dude. Billy Price, Matt Skura. These guys are not good. This O-line's terrible, particularly in run blocking. Right. Saquon Barkley cannot do anything out of the backfield. Daniel Jones, early in the season, when Tony was in, even though they weren't incorporating him, Sterling Shepard was in, Kenny Galladay was in, Saquon Barkley was healthy. The Daniel Jones showed flashes of being a franchise guy. Then you see Sterling Shepard go out, who was his number one receiver at the time. Kenny G goes out. Tony in and out of the lineup. Saquon, ankle injury. Andrew Thomas out of the lineup. But and like DJ, he mentioned, DJ hasn't been consistent. He had still, all that. I'm not saying, I'm the not Giants saying you're had wrong. had all that and started off one and six. I'm not saying you're wrong, but the, how many games were they in that they were very close? At that time, you could have argued that they were the best worst team at that time. Yeah, they lost by two touchdowns to y'all, a point to Washington, a field goal to they Atlanta. They got smacked to us. They, yes. We smacked them. They beat New Orleans in overtime, lost by, they got killed by Dallas, they got killed by the Rams. Early in the season. That's they, what I'm saying, yeah. To the Saints was a very good game. They won Washington, in overtime, yes. Washington, they should have won. They were offsides. Yeah, that was rough loss, definitely. So, and that, that really makes, the Giants have been historically known for early in the season being very competitive, them not getting the benefit of the doubt in some situations, and it taking a toll for the entirety of the season. My concern and why this question is tough for me is because I need to see who the Giants bring in as their GM. Do I agree with what you're saying for sure? I look at the talent on both rosters. I lean Giants. I just think they have a little bit more fire, firepower than you guys. But right now, I'm giving you guys on the on the managerial aspect. I will say this. The Jets are a 
splash free agency away, which is very possible in this free agency period. Projected fifty million. The Giants projected four million. Cap yeah, rate. yeah. We're we're I don't know how the we're one good. splash free agency away from having a brighter Nate future. Soldier, Kenny Galladay. We have, That's we so signed, much. We bread. signed Corey Davis to a big cap. How to much big contract. was that? It wasn't it was, as much as it was, Kenny. G. I thought it, it was wasn't fifty. But it, it was yeah. That's not horrible. I know, but this is what I'm saying. I think a free agency, if we nail free agency, we'll be fine. And I, look, this is my dream offense for the Jets next year. Please don't say who I think you're going to say. Zach Wilson, Mike Carter, Corey Davis, Michael Gallup, Elijah okay. Moore, okay, thank God, Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker. I want I want to draft no. Tyler Linderbaum, the uh -huh. center. Yep, yep, yep. He's the best graded interior offensive lineman in the draft. I want to draft him. Sign Brandon Scherf and then start um, Morgan Moses or George Fant yeah. at right tackle. If we get, if we get, man, if we do this, yeah, we're back. I and just, and if and maybe in this with our second round pick, maybe Drake Lendon falls because of his injury. Six five, he would fit so beautifully with Zach. And also, yeah. or possibly George Pickens, someone who tore his ACL, but coming into this class out of Georgia was very highly we touted. We are a splash free agency away from. Having a brighter future. You want to know why? The defense though? would still suck. It, yeah, you're right. It's not just. I'm fine with that. You know, we'll fix the defense. Let's get this offense right with Zach. The cool biggest fix. reason, though, why we couldn't have a brighter future after this offseason is because we got that man wearing number two. We got Zach, the main man, Wilson. With Zach, I know you're not sold on him. They don't make that face. I'm. I'm not, but I'm I'm much more sold on him than Daniel Jones. I've been on record. Daniel Jones is not the guy guys for know a while. Now. I am not shy about who I think Zach Wilson is going to be. I think Zach Wilson is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL for sure one day. I pray you're right. Whether it's with the Jets, I'm not sure. But he's going to be one of those top guys, and everybody's going to see it. I know Jets fans have looked at this season, and they're, they're, not, they don't, they're, they're not hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Don't get me wrong. And I'm I hopeful know, as hell. I know, I know Zach is going to be. hopeful too many times. I know Zach is going to be How many off seasons have I said to you, yo, Jets could make, like, they got a decent roster. Not these last couple of years, unfortunately. I was going to say, it's been a while. We've seen it. <laughs> well, you guys did have a point in time where going into that season where Sam Darnold missed the four games with Mono, whatever it was. Yeah. That really could have been the difference between you not making the playoffs and you making the playoffs. You guys have had some upper managerial, I wouldn't say. McKagan was terrible. Idzik was yes, terrible. Gase was terrible. Our like, GMs had not really, been good. I'll say this for the Joe Giants. But Joe Douglas though. is actually putting yes, you guys in a, a good, way yes. better situation. I'll say this for jo for for the Giants. They got to just draft Evan Neal or Ekam Ekwanu. One of the tackles. One of the tackles. They got to draft one of these guys, and I think that you know they'll have a pretty good offseason. But these teams are very similar in terms of where their trajectory is going. But the Jets, because they have more money and the same amount of draft capital, we can go further. I just and those, we got that quarterback. Those important positions, like not just on the football field, but having the quarterback, the Jets. I I just trust Zach much more than Daniel. I trust Joe Douglas. They're going to have to bring in a new GM. Well, what is, they we're, I'm not sold on Joe Judge. They fired their offensive coordinator. Like they just have so many more pieces to fill. Where the Jets, regardless if Salah and all these guys work out, they have continuity now. They're no, that's be a going, huge thing. That's yes, a huge thing. They're going to be going into year two all together, a whole offseason together. That matters a ton, especially, like you said, we have a $50 million cap room, two top 10 picks, just like the Giants, but still a, a much more flexibility in terms of being able to sign free agents. That matters a ton because I don't think Joe Judge, I don't think he's going to be the guy. I think they're going to hire GM. This time next year, they're going to be firing Joe Judge, looking for a head coach. So you have a rookie head coach. You can probably have a new quarterback next year. So it's just there's going to be so much more going on in the organization. A couple episodes ago, I gave you guys a statement. 
<laughs> and you guys weren't fond of it for some reason. I don't know why. We spoke about why we weren't fond of it. I said the Lions were the best worst team that I've ever seen. <laughs> I posted it on TikTok, and I love that the TikTokers loved what I had to say. Oh, they did. They called you. They said this guy's a vibe killer. They said, and you were no, like, they said, and I then, hate and the then, white guy. And then they said. I don't mess with the guy that says I don't want to talk about it. You were the guy that said I don't want to talk about it. Well, now we're going to have to talk about it. Fair enough. The Detroit Lions, they've been playing really well this season despite their record. They're in a lot of close games. Do you think the Lions are the best worst team that you have ever seen? They're 2-11-1 currently. What do you think? It's close. I actually, they, they might be. They're definitely up there. I have the 2019 Dolphins actually as being one of those best worst teams. They no went, They were five and I know this is actually this non-bias. was Flores' first year. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. So th- this is when they got blown out week one against the Ravens. Minka Fitzpatrick Lamar's came after the game. Here. He's like, "Trade me. I don't want to be a part of this." And tank for two a season. Correct. Yeah. They went five and eleven that year. They were projected to be the worst team in the league. To get five wins was pretty miraculous. Ryan Fitzpatrick was serviceable. 20, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 3,500 yards. Receiving-wise, Devontae Parker was was spectacular for them. Uh, he had 1,200 receiving uh, receiving yards, 9 touchdowns. Defensively, uh, Baker was really solid for them. He led the team in tackles. That's really what they missed, truthfully. They, they, Minka Fitzpatrick would have... Imagine Minka on this team now, truthfully. That would be unbelievable. Javon Holland's been amazing, though. Uh, but Jerome Baker led the team in tackles. Uh, I believe he had 126 that year. They still had Xavier Howard on the, on this team. As a whole, they had some decent pieces. But given the fact that they were supposed to be projected the worst team in the league, finishing 5-11, putting up the numbers that they did, this is one of the teams I really tried. So all you see is when you look up worst, best worst teams in the league, they just give you a list of the worst. So I just went off yeah. memory. This Dolphins team was supposed to be terrible, and they were pretty serviceable. You want me to go? Yes. Okay, sure. Um, it's a hard question because what qualifies a, a bad team? Like the Dolphins had five wins. Is that a bad team? I would say under like three wins. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. tough for me. It I is. This, listen, the Dolphins team, Dolphins or uh, Lions fans, if you're seeing this, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, I, I'm not a Lions hater by any means. I think they're a pretty good team. They're, you know, for what they are record wise, they're not bad. Like you said, they've been competitive. They've really only had like four blown out, like four games they've been blown out. Week two in Green Bay, what are you going to do? Week six against Cincy, another really good team. Week eight against Philly, they lost 44 to six. That's that's the one that really stands out like, bro. And then <laughs> and then Denver week 14, they also got killed. But again, in Denver, tough defense, tough environment. But other than that, they've won two of their last three, and four of their losses have only been by one, one possession. So, you know, overall, they've been a pretty good team for, uh, you know, a team that only has two wins. And when I look at, like, their personnel I don't think they're in the worst spot ever, right? I definitely think there's teams that probably have worse personnel with them. Offensively, I think they have a pretty damn good offensive line. You know, uh, Taylor Decker is really solid. Panay Sewell, uh, Frank Ragnow also got, um, I believe he he's has been out. But he's yeah. Been, yeah, he's been out, but, you know, Jonah Jackson. overall, he's been a really a lot elite of center. The Lions had to deal with. And at running back, DeAndre Swift's one of the better running backs in the NFL. He kind of reminds me of like an Alvin Kamara late. He's a phenomenal pass catcher. Not as good as a runner, but he has breakaway ability to make those big plays. Their receivers are, are really bad outside. Amon Ra has had some moments. I like him. Yeah, I do too. I like him a lot. I do too. Um, but, you know, they, they have some personnel. And defensively, 
they haven't been good. That's one one part. One part I will say they really haven't been good uh, defensively. But kind of like how we talked about the Jets, like let's figure out the offense. I think they stick with Jared Goff for another year. Twenty twenty three, they'll have two for they have two first round picks this year and in twenty twenty three. I think that's when they go after a quarterback, possibly possibly a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I think uh, Goff is the quarterback in twenty twenty two. But to answer your question, yeah, they're a pretty good bad team. The Detroit Lions are the best worst team that I've I've ever seen, and what they continue to do week in and week out is flat on amazing for me. <laughs> what I see them do, you are ridiculous, man. The gut punches they take, the ability to get back up and keep swinging, is something that has me in awe. They it's remarkable. They don't have a choice; they have to play every Sunday. I'm a Jets fan. What are they gonna do? Quit? Like I, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan. I see my team get blown out. I wish my team played with the heart that these Lions play with. They definitely roar. <laughs> the Lions currently are 2-11-1. Five of their games have been one-score games. They lost to the Ravens on a 66-yard field goal. The, a record kick. Insane. But the goal kicker. Yeah, he is. If you're gonna They lost anyway. that game. They lost to the Browns 10-13, one-score game. They lost to the Bears on a last-second field goal. 16 to 14, they lost on Thanksgiving. Come on, man. That That's hurt. rude. That did hurt. Versus the Vikings That's with 30. Rude. Versus the Vikings with 37 seconds left on Minnesota's own 18-yard line. The Vikings, led by Kirk Cousins, they drive 46 yards and kick a game-winning field goal with no time left. They lose that game. Lions play with heart. They play with passion. And that's a credit to Dan Campbell. Agreed. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Dan Campbell is the real-life Ted Lasso. And if you've ever seen Ted Lasso, you know why I say that. This year is a foundational year for the Detroit Lions, but they're building up something special. Whenever you go into a rebuild, whenever your team is bad, these are the things organizations are hoping for. You're hoping you hide the right coach, first off, and you're hoping you nailed your, your draft picks. The Lions, they nailed Panay Sewell. That was a great draft pick. And I think they nailed the coach in Dan Campbell. I think he's going to change around the Lions organization. I really believe that. They have draft capital for the future. They have two first-round picks, this, this draft and next draft, because of the Matthew Stafford trade. And they have some building blocks. Panay Sewell, Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Julian O'Quara, Jonah Jackson. I mean, they got some building blocks on defense. Trey Flowers, Romeo O'Quara, who's been injured this season. They got some guys that can build around. This, this roster still has to be filled out. But kind of like that 2019 Dolphins team, you give Dan Campbell a competitive, a, a bad, but a roster with heart, he's going to win five games. The Lions, they're the best, worst team I've ever seen. They deserve a lot of credit, and the Lions are trending up right now. I'm buying stock into Detroit Lions. Okay, so this time next year, Jets, Giants, Lions. Who's the best team? That's a good question, man. Going with the Jets. I'm going with the Jets, too. They got Zach Wilson. I don't know how to answer this. I might go to Detroit. You look at Jared Goff, too. Jared Goff, he was written off, man. He hasn't been bad. He, he was really written off. Been. Yeah, facts. Jared Goff was casted as the problem, and now he goes to Detroit. Rough start. Rough for start. Sure, for but sure. Dan Campbell, notice, notice this. He's able to call Jared Goff out and say he has to play better. 
Jared Goff starts playing better. He's been playing better as of recently. And this guy's he he's he's been an okay quarterback this year. This is somebody that everybody calls the scrub. Yeah. And there's actually this there's there's this guy on Twitter. His name is Computer Cowboy. And what he does is that he measures, he has like a bunch of stats and chart, charts that measure things, but he measured the Jared Goff Matthew Stafford tracker to see how much of an upgrade Stafford is. And currently, Stafford is playing at 2017 golf level. So he's playing at the same level as 2017 well, golf. was amazing golf. that year. Yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah. He was. So, so. I mean, golf regressed mightily since then. <laughs> I know. And actually, in primetime games, Stafford plays like that the, the version of golf we don't like. And Just that's statistically you know. proven? Yes, by the charts. Yes. By the charts. Yes. Okay. By Computer charts. Cowboy on, on, on Twitter. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, th- I think these lines, man, I like them a lot. And I think Dan Campbell, he's going to change around the culture in Detroit for sure. Yeah, definitely a culture setter. Hopefully Salah could do the same thing. Yeah. You don't, look too, you don't look too happy right there, man. You look like you you, you look like a, you look upset that we're giving the Lions some love. Nah, I love the Lions, man. Shout love. out to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say I, I, love. I love DeAndre Swift. You, yeah, you, you should fact. know. I, I love DeAndre Swift. I do know that. And I wasn't I wasn't high on Swift given the fact that I didn't think they were going to give him opportunity. But then they came to their senses, realized yeah, he's, he's, he's the amazing. Best offensive player. Correct for sure. We've been talking about a lot of bad teams. A lot. And Let's keep it going. Why yeah, not? Why right? not? We're, we're going to keep it going. We talked about the Jets, the Giants, the Lions. Now we're going to talk about the Jaguars. They fired Urban Meyer. Thank God. You know, coincidentally, right after our show that we recorded, he got fired right after, so we didn't get to react to it. But instead of reacting to what happened, because everybody's done that already. Who do you want to see coach the Jaguars next season? There's three guys that stick out to me, and you might have named one or two of these the last time we talked. The first one is Jim Caldwell. I think kind of similar to Dan Campbell, a culture setter, someone who's you know been around the league for a long time, going to be respected in the locker room, um, someone who was in you know a bad situation. Well, I guess when he was in Detroit, he had Stafford, so it wasn't like it was a bad team. But in Indiana and Detroit, he was 62 and 50. He had three 10 win seasons. He went 11 and 5 his first year in Detroit. That's very impressive. Even if you do have a good team as a rookie head coach, being able to come in and get double digit wins. But more than anything, I just want a new culture setter in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer didn't, culture wasn't in his vocabulary. He had no idea how to set, you know, respect players. Players didn't respect him. He was out going at bars. We discussed all of it. We don't have to get into it. So his resume speaks for itself. He went 24 and 8 with Peyton, led the Colts to Super Bowl appearance. You know, the resume is great, but what he brings as a leader, that that's really what I think. Um, what what I think the Jaguars are gonna need. The second name that pops out to me is Eric Bienemy. Okay. The enemy has been someone who's been around the, you know, the coaching, the head coaching hires for years now. He's had interviews. I know there's been rumors out there that he's not the best interviewer. For whatever reason, he just hasn't been able to get a, a head coaching job. But as the primary play caller, I know he has all the weapons in the world. He has Andy Reid. He has Mahomes. But with all the best weapons in the world and all of that, he's doing what's expected. Chiefs have the most points per game, most yards per game, and the best record since 2018. I forgot to put the year, but I want to say it was since 2018 since Mahomes um, you know, really took over. Um, so now, not only you know does his resume speak for itself statistically, but he's been learning under Andy Reid since 2013. He knows how a championship team should be constructed. Again, the culture. He knows how it should be built. And Reid's coaching tree has been pretty good. I mean, you have John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera, Sean McDermott. Those are the three that really highlight the bunch. All of those guys respected. All of them who've had great success, gone to Super Bowls. So I really think he's, um, you know, not only a Colter setter, but players seem to like him too. I know Deshaun Watson was someone who they wanted uh, the Texans to interview. The Texans being the Texans didn't interview him and went in a different direction. 
And the last person that came to mind was Byron Leftwich. Not only because it comes full circle, the seventh overall pick for the Jaguars, you know. Um, he, no, was, he was a fifth. Fifth? Not playing. Was uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, former seventh <laughs> overall pick by the Jags. Um, he was pretty solid for them, you know, as a player. But it'd just be really cool for him to come back and, you know, a young head coach in Jacksonville, being able to learn under Bruce Arians for all these years. Um, you know, someone who is a quarterback coach like Arians, another one who's going to bring culture to the locker room. Players are going to relate to him. Players are going to respect him. Things going to be great for Trevor Lawrence, too. So those are the three names that stick out. So I went a little bit outside the box, given the fact that I don't think this coach will be having a job next season. And this is Pete Carroll. I don't think that he will be the coach of the Seattle Seahawks next season. And I think that it would be a pretty good fit for him to come take over in the Jaguars. Whether he wants to do that or not, that's up to him. I don't know if that's what he wants. But if I'm the Jaguars, I try and make it my, my priority to go and bring this guy in. Now, offensively... I feel like if I'm the Jaguars, my priority, my main priority would be developing Trevor Lawrence. I want to bring in someone who I know can have success or has proven success in the league, can can take an offense and, and make them a top 10 offense in the league, which he did with Russell. People can say, like me, that Russell is the reason why Pete Carroll was in such a great position. The reason why they won that Super Bowl was because of their defense, which is fair. But that defense got bad, and that offense only got better. And I'm going to give a little bit of credit to Pete Carroll, but I feel like the number one thing of why I want Pete to come in is because I want Trevor to have a coach that is going to instill confidence in him. And there is no better coach, arguably right now, that is going to instill confidence into a player that is going to be available than Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is, a I wouldn't say... Because I do think Pete Carroll's a little bit overrated, but I feel like you just need to put him in a position with the head coaching, uh, the head coaches that are going to be available this offseason. I don't love any of them to put my faith in them to to develop Trevor Lawrence. We've seen Pete Carroll do it with a quarterback that was not nearly as highly regarded coming in with Russell Wilson. Now you you give him a guy uh, in Trevor Lawrence who has all the potential in the world to to be a potential top five. Listen, they're saying that he's the greatest prospect of all time. There should be no reason why I can't project him to be a future top five quarterback. From what he's shown me this year, it's going to take a, a, a huge stride next year to get him on that trajectory. But given the fact that it is his rookie year, I'm going to come in the benefit of the doubt. A potential top five quarterback in this league, you bring in a guy, Pete Carroll, that could just change him around in that, in that head office. And I think it's possible that uh, Pete Carroll could do that for Trevor Lawrence. I have three names here. You mentioned one of them. You mentioned two, actually. Byron Leftwich. I think he makes sense because he was drafted by the Jaguars with the seventh overall pick. He has some friends within that organization. But then again, I look at I look at the Jaguars and just just this is just my uh, you know, this is just uh my gut feeling. I drafted this guy, and he became a bust. Why am I gonna Why am I gonna bring him in as head coach? You know, that's just that's just yeah, my right. that's just my evil thinking right there. But he was drafted in 03. He was there for four years. He only lasted there for four years, so he was a bust. And he got beat out by David Garrard, who was he was kind of he was pretty no, good. He was yeah. pretty good. I'm not saying he was right, good. Right, I'm just right. saying, come on, you're the seventh overall pick. I you shouldn't get beat out. Then after that, he really didn't do much. He didn't really get another opportunity anywhere else, but he was a Cardinals quarterback coach in, in 17 and 18. He's been the Bucks OC in 19 to 21. Kind of like Eric Bieniemy, he has that against him though that the Bucks are stacked. I mean, are you not supposed to have a good offense with Brady, Godwin, Evans, Gronkowski and 
AB and all the other guys they have, like, you're supposed to have a great That's offense. A you know, how is Leftwich going to look when he doesn't have a top offense? How is he going to look in Jacksonville? We don't know that. I only like him because he used to play quarterback, so that's going to be beneficial for Trevor Lawrence. Then I look at Jim Caldwell. He has a track record as a head coach, 62-50, and 14-2 and his first season, lost in the Super Bowl against Drew Brees, then 10-6 and the very next year, then his third year in Indianapolis, he went 2-14, and but that's because Payne was hurt the entire year, and they were taking for Andrew Luck, and then they fired him after that year. You know, I thought that was a bit unfair. Then... As a Lions head coach, he has he he has three winning seasons out of the four he was there. He gets fired because nine and seven wasn't good enough for the Lions. And they with Patricia, they won fourteen games in his tenure. You know, and they were thinking nine and seven Terrible. wasn't good enough. So when I look at Jim Caldwell, he finished top ten in yards offensively two out of his nine years coaching. He finished top ten in points four times out of nine years, and he finished top 10 in passing offense four times. You know, that's okay. Then the other candidate I have is Doug Peterson. Interesting. This is this is one that's a bit tricky because Doug Peterson is 42-37-1 as a head coach. He's won a Super Bowl, but he had a really good staff. Frank Reich was there. who He gets a lot of credit for Carson Wentz's development. And as an OC, he only ranked top 10 in yards once. In eight years, he finished top 10 in points three times. He finished top 10 in passing once. And the biggest mystery of, of them all, why was he fired from Philly? Why did Philly move off, from, move off from him? Why did Carson Wentz regress under Doug Peterson? If I'm Jacksonville, I look at what he did and what he did to Wentz, and I kind of want him to stay away from Lawrence. Yeah. And I think Lawrence and Wentz are very similar players. And I, I there, that, was, that was my pro comparison for Lawrence. So out of these coaches, I look at Caldwell, I look at Leftwich, I look at Peterson. Caldwell would be the no-brainer hire for me if he was younger. But he's 66 years old. He would be the fifth oldest head coach in the NFL. That's really old. You know, how many years am I going to get out of this guy? Maybe like five if he lasts that long? Yeah. Leftwich is 41. So he can grow, if he pans out... He will grow together with Lawrence. Peterson is 53. You know, he has time to grow with Lawrence. So, I mean, I think best case scenario, if I'm Byron Leftwich, if I'm the Jaguars, okay, we want you to be our head coach, but we want, we want your staff to be compromised of guys who've been head coaches. Yep. We want Jim Caldwell on your staff. So I think Byron Leftwich makes the most sense because of his offensive resume, his connection to Jacksonville, and just because he played quarterback, I think that's, that's going to help Lawrence for sure. tremendously. For sure. But they're all risks. I mean, none of these guys are no-brainer hires. Like, you that know, doesn't really exist, though. You know, I thought Mike McCarthy was a no-brainer hire for me when for he Dallas? went to Dallas. Yeah. Oh. But I actually yeah. want him to go to the Giants. But I really? thought he was a no-brainer hire. But even hire. still, like, looking back on it, I mean, I guess Dak was hurt last year. And this year, they were playing pretty well. But it's not like he's been a home run, I would say. In the number two seed in the NFC. Give that's, him a break. That's fair. Let's see what he's doing in the playoffs. Agreed. Yeah, I think they'll you know they'll be pretty good in the playoffs. We'll see. And we'll see. Last year, though, last year there was a lot I of talk 50, about 50. McCarthy. Fair I enough. said they're contenders. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think if I'm the Jaguars, <laughs> if if I'm the Jaguars, I'm probably going after Byron Leftwich. But Jim Caldwell to me makes the most sense. It's just his age is kind of yeah. making me weird. I just think the culture setter so bad that like I don't really care that much about his age. You know what I'm saying? Like just get someone in there who's gonna turn the organization around, who's gonna put trust and confidence in Trev. 
And if he really pans out and five years from now, you're like, we have this great head coach, but he's 71. Oh, deal with it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, I agree. Yeah, I guess that makes some sense. Damn, that's an old head coach, though. Yeah, is. 66 is old. It is. That's old. Yeah, that you said the fifth oldest. Old, yeah, who's, so. who's older than him? Pete Carroll's Pete Carroll, actually older. Yeah. Really? Pete yeah. Carroll's older. Bill Belichick. Um, Bruce Arians. I mean, look at the names we're, we're rattling off, to be fair. Yeah, Pete Carroll great. is old as hell. Uh, Bill, Bill Belichick, 69. Bruce Arians, 69. Dave Culley on the Texans is 66. Yeah, that's who I was forgetting, yeah. Dave Culley. There we go. And that's it. Yeah, Same. I don't know. It's possible. We'll see what happens. You know? That's going to do it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. Yes, this was episode 139. You can follow us on Twitter and on TikTok at Pick Aside Pod on Twitter, Pick Aside Podcast on TikTok on, and on Instagram. And thank you guys for listening and or watching. And we'll see yes, you next time. This is BJ Kissel from KC Sports Network. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as our shows, are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they work together. It's something we've actually done locally with our network in Kansas City as well. We're all stronger together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire.